everybody, this is James, Marco, Nabil, and Mikey. And this is the Movie Pals podcast number 165. Ta-da-da, we made it, guys. So this is our, well, the, technically this is our first episode of 2024. And Happy New this, Year. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays for everything that happened. Uh, we did take an extra week to get this done. This is our top 10 films of 2023. And so we do this one annually, and every year... Nabil looks like he is dying more and more inside every time. <laughs> God damn, Nabil. Give me a little smile there. There it is. There's a, there's a man make, make it through the year. You know, we're trying to refresh and restart. Takes Just a while. Just to get ready for Relive. Oscar movies in about three weeks. So, yeah. yeah. Basically. So, those are some of our highest rated episodes. So, we have to do them. Anyways, going back to this, we're going to be going through our top 10 films. We're going to do it in a format. Similar to last year, uh, obviously Mikey's the newest member, so it's gonna might go a little bit longer than last time, but it's gonna be our ten through two honorable. We got three honorable mentions this year, followed by our number one. Then we go over kind of an outro with some like most surprising film, most disappointing film, worst films, movie moments, and uh, most anticipated film of twenty twenty four, etc. So what we're gonna do here is we are going to also after that. As we talked about before, we have a new segment that we're going to be announcing, and Nabil will actually be announcing a movie for all of us to watch. We'll get to that when we get to that at the tail end of the podcast. So without further ado, let's get into the top 10 films of 2023. Time. It's a cage. It does everything it can to break you. So, guys, right off the bat, 2023 had some hitters, I think. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but I felt like it's kind of I feel like post COVID now it's 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 taken a while to get back into that rhythm of just some really solid hits here. What did you guys think about 2023 in regards to film? Uh, start with you, Neville. I think there were some really good entries this year for films, like a lot more, though, than other years. This one felt like there it was an event to see a movie. Like there was a, there was a good handful of things, especially mm-hmm. during the summer, as we know, like Barbenheimer and some other stuff that happened. Um, but I feel like this year felt more like we all want to go to the movies and, and go together. Whereas the previous years, it still felt like it was muddling through. So I really felt that there was a lot more connection and interest in wanting to go see movies, even if some things disappointed us more than others. Okay. What about you, Mikey? Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I, th- I do think there's like some, you know, uh, people want to go to the movies. They, they don't want to see it at home anymore. Or I should say more people because people are still watching stuff at home. But 
uh, in the past, I, I, I call them COVID films, but you can kind of feel like the movies were limited on what they could do. And I feel like that limitation has kind of gone away and the movies are more complete now. And they just feel like actual movies now than what we got in you know the last few years. Uh, and there was events, obviously, like like Nabil was saying, Barbenheimer was a big one during the summer. I kind of feel like yeah. that was like the revival of like m- you know film in the in the theater. So uh, I thought it was a good year. There's a lot of stuff too, like a lot of different genres are just like kind of making it a mo- little bit more mainstream. So um, I hope that kind of continues uh, on this year and to the future. But I thought it was a good year overall. That's great. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Marco? Oh, I think it was a great year in film. 2023. I kind of agree with you, James, where it kind of feels like we're kind of back to form post COVID where there's um, kind of like also what Mikey and the bill were saying, there's more variety in films. There's a lot. It feels like there's a lot more that were released now. Like the studios are flexing again saying, Hey, we're, we're back to we're back, baby. There's less options for streaming too. They were very cautious about that and they're letting movies breathe in theaters now to the point of even extending releases as well which i think helps movies that released in streaming that they said hey you know what we're going to release this in theaters too so that's also pushing people to kind of go out and say hey you can come out and come see it in theaters and obviously barbenheimer dude there hasn't been a big major event like that in a while not since Probably Infinity War, which speaking of, I, th- I think the superhero fatigue has finally hit people and they're willing to to actually go see other films now and say, I want another flavor, man. But I, I think it's a good thing. Solid year. Uh, it was actually really hard for me to take off. I, I start. I always do these lists by, I, you know, I, I have a main one I go off of, but I don't really go off of that on my letterbox. I actually go back throughout all the movies and I list them all. And I had something like 45 movies, I think. And then from that point, I kind of worked my way back to like thinking of how I felt during that time. And if this is something I'd watch, I think that's like my my way of making my list, too, is kind of like replayability is a big one for me this year. And I think even though there were a lot of duds this year in 2023, I think there was a lot of great films, great cinematic moments, a good mix of indie films, good mix of um, even action films, too. I think there's some really solid films in this list, I think. For the most part, like you guys said, yeah, the Barbenheimer thing was big. I I I disagree. I think the last big uh, event was probably Top Gun Two. So that was last. I was year's. thinking the same Maverick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Top right. Gun, yeah. yeah, Top Gun Maverick was probably the the big event of twenty twenty two. So I stand it was corrected. Nice to see it kind of back. No, I know it's just the Avenger stuff clouds your clouds your mind. It clouds your judgment. <laughs> it clouds your judgment. <laughs> but um, yeah, solid film. I'm actually really excited to see what you guys have chosen. It's always surprising. Every year, you know, somebody pulls in something random that maybe we've never heard of or Nabil does Hobbs and fucking Shaw. But, you know, outside of that, for the most <laughs> part, it's a pretty solid list. Still enjoy that film. It was great. Yeah, I get. I mean, hey, once again, You'll I don't try live to show guys picks. I'll just be nice about it. How you shit on it? I'm like, oh, that one, huh? That's cool, I guess. <laughs> Good job there, big guy. Yeah, hey, that's cool. You wrote that in crayon. I noticed. That's nice. That's kind of weird, but uh, yeah, let's get into it then, guys. Let's. Uh, well, one thing. Well, one thing before we get into that, I kind of talked about how I picked. How did you guys choose your list? Was there any particular way that you did it, or was it hard for you guys too? Or was it easy? Was it like, hey, I got done in five minutes? I, I took like an hour and a half, two hours to pick mine, like finalize my shit. So what about you, uh, Nabil? Let's start with you. 
because you have the most dead eye stare. I'm just you're starting to scare me. <laughs> it's I the mean, gloves. It's it's yeah, they are returned, by the way. Yeah, the, glo- the gloves are here, guys. <laughs> He's doing a motion. We don't record, but he's doing a motion like a cat burglar, I would say. Or like somebody from West Side <laughs> yeah. Story. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Nabil. I I went about it trying to think of how uh, it sat with me, like revisiting the films. I, I did kind of what you did, James. Like I, I did really sit down and spend some time. And it's still, you know, things evolve because your feelings towards a film, sometimes you you have something that you're like, I've settled with this. And then later you'll go back and maybe change. This could have maybe gone up or down. Yeah. But for me, some, it's like. I'm completely yeah. left my list. True be told because of that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And so I kind of went in with that, like, what not necessarily like the film that made me feel like, oh, this is so impactful at the time, but something that I left later and started really thinking about whether I really enjoyed it, it made me sad, or I was like really thinking about that, the plot line, and then seeing how that stacked up against the other one. So I kind of went into the approach more with like nice. the feelings of it afterwards. Yeah, that too. My, my big one is like, yes, it feels good at the time, but then like, am I still feeling that is my big thing right. too. And that's the way that I, I think before my old list, a lot of them I used to I was talking to Mike about this. I used to stack a lot of fucking big movies near the end of the year. And then uh, it would turn out my list would turn into a lot of these movies I just saw from like the last three fucking weeks. And I was like, well, a recency fuck? bias kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And then it's just because those was the most fresh in my mind. So I think since I've been kind of thinking it through, I think about it like all the time now. It's fucking crazy. So when I think about it through this way now, it's kind of like I have to. I don't know. It's just like I'm always aware of like, like, could this make my list? Could this not make my list? Yeah. I don't know. This fucking podcast has taken over my life for the most part. So, uh, what about you, Mikey? How uh, first time making a list? Was it hard for you to do? Was it one of those things where you put a little more thought into it? Obviously, or how was your what was your strategy here? So yeah, I had a really hard time making a list. Um, you know, I always nonchalantly say, you know, oh, this hits my top five or this, this movie is my top 10 or, you know, I kind of say those things, but now that I'm actually putting a list together and making it reality, uh, it just didn't seem as easy as I thought it would be. Um, it's a little hard getting rid of some of the ones where they fall off completely. Right. Where it's like, oh shit, man. Like, yeah. And not just that is like, I kind of like want this. an eclectic list. Right. Like I kind of want different movies in there. Right. And so I was like, okay, well, if I have like all my top five, it's like all drama. Not that it is. I'm just saying like, as an example. So it it kind of made me think about, okay, what movie could I slide in here that maybe I like just as much. Um, And for me personally, I know you guys kind of take a more, you know, uh, I don't want to say systematic. That makes it sound bad, but you guys kind of, analyze things a little differently than I do. Cause I just kind of look at things as more of a, just, I have fun watching movies and I don't care what genre it is. I just like movies in general and I don't really analyze it as much as you guys normally do. Um, but, uh, having to go through and kind of put these movies together kind of made me think that way. Kind of made me, you know, kind of analyze each. Have to. Yeah. 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 So it's, it was nice. Uh, I, I kind of took the approach of, Hey, um, kind of what Nabil said, Hey, did it stick with me? But also, would I recommend these movies t- for somebody else to watch? And, and that's like, if I can recommend it to somebody else to watch, and most of these movies on this list, I have actually recommended to somebody and they've watched it and liked it. So um, I, that's the kind of the approach I took. Is like, hey, did I like it? One, can I recommend it to somebody else to watch? Number two. And then I just kind of took it from there and just had to like kind of, you know, piece together some lists. But I had a ton of movies when I first started this list and it took me, 
I mean, you said you took an hour. I mean, I was looking at it for multiple days, just kind of like, I don't know what I need to do and uh, kind of just doing what I need to do. I did so that, exactly I did it too. I mean, like an initial list, then I sat on it for like a day. And then the next night, then I was like, okay, now that I made a list, let's go through it. And then I sat on that one more day. And then, you know, it's not too long. They take it like over time. Yeah. Yeah. Then throughout then by the time final, like last night, I made my final adjustments and I actually did adjust a few things, which is like, okay, I actually want to put this here and blah, blah, blah. So that makes sense. So, so Marco, what was your strategy in making your list? Was it, was it hard for you too? It it was actually this year. It took me a couple days actually, because I was really reflecting on almost using the same principles as the last few how how it makes me feel if it's made me feel that way going back and reflecting on it looked back at movies i've seen the beginning of the year through the end of the year and i tried to make sure that it it wasn't the the recency bias as well too and yeah. sort of went went along that way try to make my list as as different as i could from previous years you know Give yeah. a few movies that probably wouldn't have made it on my list before a chance. Oh, okay, okay. cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not just because, but it's like in the past, the way I weighed it, it's like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll go with something that feels, you know, safe for me versus, you know, this is something that kind of I probably wouldn't have put on my list before. Okay, I mean, that just you know, shows even you though even though it does a- deserve it. Yeah, like it'd be one of those like movies where it's like, oh, I wanted to put that on my list, but I didn't. It's like, why the fuck not? You know? Yeah, why not? Just do it. You're not. No one's gonna be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Guys. What's up with the world clubs? He so, did it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Hey, that works. Then, so let's let's jump into it, guys. Enough talk. Let's get into our top ten. Our order here, I randomize it. It's gonna start with Mikey, goes to Bill, Marco, then I go last. So starting with Mikey. With the start of the 10th pick, go ahead. All right, so my 10th ranked movie is Talk to Me. Put your hand on it. Not like hold it. Now say, talk to me. Talk to me. Say I let you in. No, I'm flipping out. Seriously, man, shut up. No, someone was sitting there. I swear to fuck. Oh. All right. Well, I saw this movie in the theater, <laughs> and it is currently available on video on demand. I didn't see it streaming anywhere, uh, but I just I like this movie. It's it's just like an original piece. Uh, it felt fresh for like I, I don't want to call it horror, but it's a kind of a light horror, I guess. Uh, scary movie quotes. Uh, but the performance with Sophie Wilde was uh, was good. Uh, and it takes like a more atmospheric approach to being scary. Uh, and while I thought they could kind of up the scary a little bit, um, I thought they kind of made up for that with the story that they had. It was well crafted. Uh, and uh, the second time I watched this, I rented it for a friend and we watched it. it they really use colors really well in this movie, uh, which is kind of what made me wanted to put it on this list. Um, they use like blues for the real world. They use reds for like 
the you know scary world or the hand world they have in and then like the main character mia is like yellow pullover shirt so just that contrast that they had it kind of made uh, the characters stand out and like i said the performances were really well uh done so uh just that use of color that use of uh the storyline and it being kind of original made me want to put it on my list that's a great pick man that's one of my favorite horror movies of the year man that is one of those unexpected horror films, I guess, made by a bunch of YouTubers, too, by the way, which is pretty awesome. Random, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very Australian, by the way. Loved how <laughs> fucking Australian everybody was in that movie, like t- times 10. A great pick. And I remember us seeing it. It was kind of um, random that we saw it because we were like, I don't know. It's supposed to be spooky. So let's move on now to Nabil for your number 10 pick. Go ahead. My number 10 pick was Joyride. I do body positive art. Interesting. And, I, and remind me of your name again. My legal name is Vanessa. Call me Dead Eye. Oh. Where did that come from? You know, I think I get it. You know, what I really liked about this was that it was a comedy that I wasn't sure I was going to get <laughs> because it wasn't. It's not tailored to to me specifically, but yeah. The film just really leaned into its goofiness with all the different characters in there. The the kind of blossoming friendship between the four women that's in there. I think what really got me as I was thinking about the film was the scene where they become K-pop stars for a second and they just start faking it to try to dance it. And I was like, that. it just was hilarious the whole time. Everything I watched through that film, just as I think about it, one of my favorite comedies that came out this last year that just really leaned into itself, knew it wasn't taking itself seriously, and all the jokes, for the most part, I feel like really landed, while also having a bit of a heart story there, which was kind of a believable thing between two old friends that, that hadn't had a real good connection, and I, I felt like all of that really worked well for what was building up over there. So I, I, I really just had a good time with that movie as, as I continue to think about it. That is an yeah. interesting pick. Fucking no, the I bill mean, I, consistently <laughs> coming back with a fucking dead. Sorry, Mikey. <laughs> No, I, I, I thought it was a good movie as well, and, and not only the the friendship part too, but like there's a whole storyline with her her family, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of the she get into very deep. Remember that? Like, I was yeah. like, oh, Jesus Christ! Like, there's layers to this movie. I yeah, like, no, I I liked it. I for, yeah, geez, we uh, me and Mikey saw that one in theaters too. So that was one of those movies where um, probably the raunchiest comedy I saw all year, probably. If if yeah. I can say that, like out of all the comedies that I saw, like that is definitely the one that is like um, kind of hit over the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like they they really don't hold back on that one. So there's um, the characters. I think are what makes that one too. Just the relationship between all of them too. I agree. Yeah, the, it felt very organic. It didn't feel like you just had a bunch of people staged together. Like even though there were a couple of people that were supposed to be, they barely know each other or randoms. They all felt really connected together, and it just it there was really good chemistry between them forming characters. Yeah, and, it, and like Dead Eye, by the way, the character Dead Eye is just fucking yeah, she's fine. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> good pick, man. Very interesting, Marco. What is your number ten pick? My number ten pick is Saltburn. Very nice. Saw this one in Brandon in Vacaville with Sunny, friend of the pod, and really thinking about it. I mean, we we've obviously talked about this movie here. It just really stuck with me, man. <laughs> Uh, I just I I enjoyed the experience of watching this movie unravel, having seen no trailer prior to watching it, and I think that it's a an amazing thriller. I, I like the 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 mystery of of the the main character. 
I like the the little twists and turns it, it brings you through. And uh, overall, really, it was the experience, the 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 shocks and awes in the movie theater as certain scenes, you know, unraveled. You know, the the risky scenes, the obviously the the bathwater one, which has been memed, and uh, it it just made it memorable. And and not just mm. because of that, but the movie was actually filmed really well, acted very well, script was great, and the storyline just really stuck with me. You know, I, f- I felt that it, ha- it had many layers to it. And because yeah. of that, it made it on my top 10. No, that's good. Oh, by the way, Nabil, I forgot to ask for Joyride. Did you, you saw that in theaters, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. That's and then uh, cool thing about Saltburn is that it's picking up some steam. You guys notice that lately? A lot of people have been telling me about it. Like, they don't, because yeah. they don't listen to the fucking pod. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh my God, have you heard of this movie, Saltburn? I'm like, yeah, we just did a fucking review on it. What'd you think about it? And then I'm like, they think I'm pretentious. I'm like, I don't know. Listen to the pod and you'll hear. <laughs> As I put my monocle away. I don't know. <laughs> Keep giving me the haircut already, please. Listen to the radio. Even my niece is like, I've heard about Saltburn. You guys think it's cool or something? And I was like, yeah, I think it is. Anyways, but uh, a lot of people, because it's on Prime Video now. So, uh, yep. huh. awesome pick, Marco. Yeah, it, it, uh, we talked about it in length on our last pod. So, obviously, we all have our opinions on it. But yeah, that's a... That is, I think that was one that was actually very worth going to the theater for, for that experience alone. That was definitely yep. a good Agreed. experience to see in the theater. Because Nabil, you, I mean, I saw it with Mikey once again. But yep. Nabil, you obviously there were gasps in your theater. I'm assuming during Soul there, was, Burn, right? there was definitely, definitely <laughs> more than a few surprising moments in there that people was just like thinking in their head, "Who could do this besides Marco?" And we found him. <laughs> 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 I just like I mean, the I, uh, <laughs> the dead like, eye, the dead eye stares from too. <laughs> uh, was well, I that my? Oh yeah, I, just, I was just gonna say. I think the the best way to describe this movie is memorable, right? I mean, it yeah, just yeah. has things that you cannot forget, and it has performances you can't forget too. Everything was well done. So yeah, definitely. That's on to me now. My number ten pick is the movie Tetris. So I saw this back in April on Apple TV Plus going through a weird time with my job at the time and i was like every day i was like am i gonna have a job or not so it was a refreshing movie it's uh i don't think i've ever mentioned it so this is one of those few times where i can tell you guys it's about the origin of basically how they got the rights to tetris for the united states distribution basically it's a movie it's told in a way that's very cool i like the style of it all there's a lot of 8-bit and 16-bit kind of graphics inserted into it taron egerton is the main character and i think i think he's one of the more underrated actors lately and I thought he did a solid job. It was just a really fun film. There is a car sequence near the end of the movie that uh, plays a Russian version, I think, of Need a Hero or something like that. And it's just amazing. Like the fact that I saw this is one of the movies that I saw like quite a while ago, obviously, like eight or nine months ago, and it's still stuck with me. So very fun film. If you're even like remotely into, I guess, I don't know, I hate to say like retro gaming, I guess, from the 90s, late 80s, this is one of those things that would probably fit up right in your alley. It's a kind of a cool little story about how they, you know, the the battle between Russia, United States, Nintendo and Sega. And it's it's fucking it's it's a very worthwhile film. It's one that I recommend to a lot of people. So that's my uh, number 10 pick. Solid fucking choice, dude. And yes, that that car chase is 
intense and hilarious all exactly, all at yeah. once. I think it's because the the size of the cars, you know, like here in America, we're used to big cars and everything, but in Europe <laughs> and obviously in in Russia, they have like smaller cars, so it just, it just makes it that much more interesting and entertaining. And yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, Egerton is just an, an amazing actor and uh, definitely needs to be in in more roles and the way that they integrated 8-bit graphics in in certain scenes as they're explaining things as they're going through like the history of someone's story i i think just made it that much more entertaining yeah they do a few of the buildings right that they have the buildings like 8-bit and they go to the real world kind of transition yeah, they, do that. Yeah. they do a lot of the they even do little cut scenes where it's like oh this is what it would look like if it was on nintendo or super nintendo and then yeah no it's real life so it's yeah really fun really fun movie so one I think a lot of people passed up on, but solid. Mikey, let's let's get to your number nine, buddy. All right, so my number nine film was Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. That's one pudgy dragon. It's Thembershot. He must have found a new den. Did he eat the last one? Nice. So uh, I saw this in theaters as well. Uh, it came out in. March, I believe, uh, of this year, or last year, I should say. I just think it's a really fun movie. Uh, I am a fan of Dungeons & Dragons. I haven't played it in a while, um, but I used to play it all the time. And they just nailed uh, some of the stuff that they I remember from when I did play it. Um, and while they did that, and people that play D&D can kind of relate to it, they didn't do it so much where if you didn't play D&D, you wouldn't like you wouldn't like the movie anymore you still can like it without knowing anything about D D. yeah the casting was well done uh, all the characters did a really good job and i also think they wrote the story fairly well like they had opportunities to mess it up like with chris pine and michelle rodriguez i was hoping the whole time they wouldn't like fall in love or something like that um but they handled those situations where you know they're just friends and they're just a party going to do a task and you know they they still do things out of love, but they're not in love. And I just thought the the casting and the uh, the storyline was just well written for all the people that are in it. Solid movie, man. I mean, we reviewed it on the podcast as well. So unexpectedly good movie, by the way, in my opinion. Like I didn't, you know, because we, you know, there's some older Dungeons and Dragons films that weren't too good. Obviously, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, definitely I guess not. that might be debatable. Maybe I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't think mean, it's debatable. <laughs> Well, what do you mean, sir? The first one's amazing. Jeez. Snail. But yeah, I really like that. Great pick, man. That's that's one of those movies that um, I really hope they make a sequel to that movie. Just And it sounds like they might. So I think it did decent enough. But we can see Jonathan come back as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, solid choice, Mikey. I recently rewatched it with my brother, too. And he, he had a blast watching that movie. So really, really fun movie. It's also on Paramount Plus too. For those of you that have not seen it, it's, if you have that streaming service, it's available. So nice. Okay, so uh, Nabil, what is your number nine? Well, funnily enough, enough. Mine uh, number nine pick is also Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that! What? <laughs> 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 the one Nabil was like, "Yeah, Nabil's gonna be real quiet about a movie." I know it's he's fucking clean. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I echo. Obviously, we reviewed it, so I don't really need to share much of my thoughts on it. But I will say it's it's one. Of, it was a really feel good adventure film. 
You know, it, it's akin to even like the early Pirates of the Caribbean kind of feeling. It was just yeah. a fun thing. Some randomness is happening. Funny characters. Chris Pine, super charming in there, you know, and, and his character in this film kind of reminded me a bit of his his Kirk character from the Star Trek films. You know, that that's the, the Chris Pine that I always like liked a lot. And so he seemed Very like he was actually having fun in this. Yeah. So it it's I think that's what really helped it was the cast worked well together, like you said, Mikey, even with between Michelle Rodriguez and Chris Pine, and that they knew the material enough to just lean into the stereotypes. Like we we talked about it in the pod about Reggie Jean Page playing Zank, the the paladin, I think. And oh, good, he though. was Character's so straight so and good. it was like the perfect way to play that character and you know that was that just because they knew the material and they knew what they were coming with so uh, i think it was just a fantastically fun film throughout and then we got to see him star in secret invasion and then we thought what happened here he must be an alien (laughs) was he a scroll in the movie too so (laughs) Yeah, I love when he just, he's like, look, look, he's just going to keep walking straight. He's like, oh, look, oh, and he walks over the rock. I was like, damn. God, if they do a sequel, he's got to be more. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. The other dragons? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the big one. Good pick, guys. Random. Once again, we don't don't know each other's picks, by the way. I don't know if you mentioned that or not, but so this is all, you know, totally random. So, uh, Marco, what is your number nine pick? My number nine pick is also Dungeons and Dragons. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, sorry. I was like, I was, no, I was sorry. Like, I wanted to get you guys so bad. Sorry. I was like, no fucking way. Kind of said a it's, lot already. <laughs> my number nine is John Wick 4. Nice. I saw this one on Voodoo with my brother in December of 2023. So late in the game. I, I, I was, <laughs> dude, a bit. So, man, and man, my my son is gonna be mad at me for this because I was supposed to, <laughs> I was supposed to wait for him. Okay, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but I wanted to watch this movie before this pod, so I was like, man, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bite the bullet. I'm just gonna tell I him, hey, man, you are not on the podcast where we reviewed this one. Correct, and I could not listen to that episode because i hadn't seen it so i was like man i <laughs> i have to watch it episode? i was <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm gonna listen to it this week okay god damn it marco anybody can listen to our pod just skip forward from the spoilers yeah. we say every time. Spoiler section, everybody that's why yeah, everyone's yeah. like i haven't seen it yet it doesn't matter you can just hear our opinion and, before you get to it. i know <laughs> i know but i i wanted to go in just completely without any other opinions you know even though i know we have a non-spoiler section i wanted to go in fresh with fresh eyes and i, okay. I really enjoyed it man i mean it's it's john wick guys it's keanu reeves at his fucking best, dude, and seeing the behind the scenes too, and seeing like him actually doing like some of the stunts, and knowing that he can actually, you know, shoot weapons like that and and yeah. reload like that. And I'm, I'm no, I'm not condoning violence. I'm just saying it looks fucking cool in a movie, okay? So it it was, I think, a, a really good, I guess, a bookend to to a series, man. I, it was it was epic. It was action packed. Uh, it. It you know if you've stuck around with these characters, it got you a little bit in the feels for you know a a over the top action movie you know as as good as it can, and it was just filmed so fucking beautifully too, man. And 
I, I was just so enthralled in this movie, even though it's like a damn near three hour long fucking movie. I, I thought it was it was epic. So um, nice. for that reason, it made my number nine. That uh, that over the head uh, action scene is absolutely amazing. Dude. And the stair scene too. <laughs> Both of them are just fantastic action scenes. Yeah, yeah. that ending scene. There's so many scenes oh. that are just insane in that movie, dude. Yeah, the, the man, the, the sh- four story building and landing on a car and walking away. You know, I just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, are, the, are these suits made out of armor? What the fuck? The the well, the, the shot of, of the yeah. the sunset, the uh, the the sunrise. Excuse me, right before the duel. That's really really nice shot too. My number nine is not John Wick 4. It is John Wick Chapter 4, actually. John? Kane. They gave you my name. I'm sorry. Me too. So, I also chose the same movie. Marco? Oh, we got two Oh, shit. It's a double double. I saw this uh, quite a ways ago, though. This is probably my oldest film. Um, I saw it back in March uh, in IMAX with Mikey and his uh, sister and brother-in-law. Where they blew our eardrums out. Where blew? Yeah, this was. This is what saddens me is that you did not get to see this in theaters, Marco, because this was a. I know. Cin- this was probably the first cinema. This is the first good movie I saw in 2023, I think, theater wise too. And then I, I did a rewatch of this as well back in June as well on um, 4K digital, uh, not digital disc, because I have it digitally, uh, not digitally. Fuck, why I keep saying that? I have it physically. <laughs> Physical. Yeah, no. Uh, this is an intense action film. It is over the top. I think my only gripe about it is that it does go on just a bit too fucking long. But um, I do think this was a solid film. I, I really like Keanu Reeves. So this is uh, I don't have too much to add, really, from what you already said, Marco. So that I mean, this is why this made my list is that if you are a fan of the previous movies, this is definitely a, a really good end cap to it all, even though I think technically they're making another one, which kind of I think ruins it in a way. But right. Um, Hey, I get it, but for the most part, it is one of the most intense, but my reasoning in putting it in is purely because the theater experience watching this as well was absolutely fucking insane. So the sound alone was like him punching the beginning was blowing my fucking eardrums out, I remember, and that was like two minutes in. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to have a problem. (laughs) My watch was telling me like, hey, are you in an area where you're getting any more longer? You're going to get permanent ear damage. I was like, I guess we're getting permanent ear damage. Jesus. I just remember the old lady on the right hand side of us that was the whole movie was covering her ears with her hands and still could probably fully hear the movie. She was like, "It's oh, so loud in here." I'm like, yeah, wrong she was movie almost crying to be doing at the beginning that. of the movie. It's hilarious, but like also wrong movie, wrong. <laughs> yep. So, whoopsies. Yep, that was our number nines. Solid list so far, guys. Let's move on to number eight. Mikey, start us out. Well, my number eight film is Tetris. Mr. Stein, please hold on. What happened in there? It's complicated. You don't control handheld rights? I didn't say that. I said it's complicated. Well, either you do or you don't. What's so complicated Have about you ever that? been in Moscow, Mr. Rogers? Have you ever negotiated with the Soviets? Do you know what it feels like to be in a country where, where everyone is watching you? No. 
So don't tell me what is and what is not complicated. I'll pay you $25,000 to secure me worldwide handheld rights. I guess it wasn't so complicated. Oh, nice. Uh, wow. So I right actually... <laughs> 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 All right. uh, I'm actually, I don't know why, but I didn't even know this film came out until like November. Uh, and then, it. yeah, I, I don't know if it was you or yeah, it was probably you. Yeah. We talk about movies all the time. So, uh, you know, we went going down our lists and I was like, how have I not seen this movie? I've never even heard of it. So I watched it and, uh, you know, I, I echo kind of what James was talking about uh, when he was talking about earlier here. It's just a great movie. And uh, Taron Egerton is amazing in it. So I don't really have too much more to add other than I feel like this guy was just in over way over his head the whole movie. And he just somehow kind of magically makes it happen. And it just made me feel good that hard work kind of paid off for him. Uh, so I just. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. kind of down his luck the entire time, too. This is literally like his last, like, it's either this or we're done kind of thing. And also, nice he, like, he puts his family in jeopardy and everything, too. So, kind of crazy. Nice. Nice pick, man. I'm glad you, I'm actually glad you, you really liked it, man. Uh, let's move on to Nabil. Nabil, what is your number eight? My number eight is Reptile. So this was a film that's on Netflix. I'm not sure if it actually ended up getting a wide release on theaters. Um, and it's—I don't believe it did. Yeah, I don't think it did. It's—it's it's a mystery thriller noir detective movie, um, and that's like checks all the the boxes for me when it comes to a movie for the most part. All it had to do was be British, and it would have been like a probably the top of my list so. <laughs> with a convoluted plot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She like had to Wikipedia it afterwards to figure out what happened. So obviously, it made my top ten. Right. So this uh, this stars Benicio del Toro. We we haven't talked about it on here. So I'll just give a just a general thing. It's basically Benicio is a, a detective who's trying to solve a uh, a murder of somebody's wife, essentially. And as you would think in any kind of noir, not everything is as it seems. And there's a twist ending because the people you think who's who's responsible really weren't. And it's it's just a really, it's a really fun kind of mystery, crime mystery, because you're going through the film trying to think that you figured things out. And, you know, as we've talked about many times for me, <laughs> I don't always see things right away. So I really do enjoy a really good twist in this. And this film really delivers on that because I, I thought I'd figured out the plot and the right, essentially the last 10 minutes, everything changes. And I'm like, why didn't I see that coming? So I think it for that in itself, I really just enjoy those kind of films where you can get lost into, and it's not super hyper violent. It's not something where it's too much of just 
sitting down and talking like some other films that I've watched and also enjoyed. But this is a good mix of like Benicio del Toro kind of staring into the distance, making you figure out what is he seeing those, as we've said throughout this uh, pod so so far, his dead eyes <laughs> and trying to figure <laughs> out. Very tired, you know, yeah. Very, uh, tired, very tired. And uh, trying to figure out what what is his motivation in this. And you you kind of get a better understanding of who he is throughout this film too so it's just it's a really well put together mystery nice man yeah none of us saw that Nabil so oh I didn't think you guys did yeah I totally know you didn't see it yeah well guys Nabil just keeps fucking throwing the surprise you all that's what every year every year cool awesome no hey that's cool man Marco what's your number eight pick my number eight pick is the holdovers I saw this one on Peacock in December by myself. That's right. Because I just want, I wanted to catch it and uh, I couldn't get anyone to watch it with me because everyone was busy. So I was like, well, I'll just watch it by myself because I want to watch this fucking movie. Then, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, basically the, the movie Paul uh, stars Paul Giamatti and he plays a, a teacher at a prep school where uh, students actually board there and during the holidays, uh, if they got nowhere to go, then they stay at the school being watched over by a teacher, in this case, Paul Giamatti. And uh, it's called Holding Over and it takes place during the holidays. So I felt it was, you know, perfect for, for the month of December. And I I really wasn't sure what to expect of this movie because I, I, Went in blind because I like doing that. This is fun. Kind of got that from Mikey. So I'm trying to do that more often. And I did it for this one. And it was surprising because I didn't. And I don't like to judge a movie by it's like thumbnail or poster. But I just I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like this one or not. We'll see. I ended up really liking it. Obviously, it's on my list. But it, it's it's such a heartwarming story. Um, it's obviously a bit of a tearjerker in some scenes, you know. A lot of drama happens in there. Um, the relationship between Paul Giamatti and his students is you know, rough at first. It's got kind of a Dead Poet Society type vibe to it. You know, an instructor yeah. looking over some students that are a bit rebellious. Although not really a spoiler, but uh, it really mainly focuses uh, the relationship between him and just one main student named Angus and it's it's fun to see them kind of be at odds throughout the movie and then every once in a while find some middle ground only for them to just just go at it and start bickering again it's kind of a a a unique and interesting relationship that they go through and and in this they they find more and more common ground and and learn from each other now there's a, there's a scene that takes place um in a in a mental ward that just fucked me up it just fucked me up. Like I was just, I had to pause the movie. I was, it was like Niagara Falls boys. I was like, fuck it. it obviously oh, wow. had to Jesus do, Christ. dude, obviously, <laughs> you know, it obviously had to do with uh, a father. So anything that has to do with, you know, dads or fathers, just that's, it starts tugging. But overall, man, it, it, I really enjoyed this movie and would high, obviously highly recommend it. Um, and for that reason and for its memorable, for how memorable it is and for how good it was, it's made my list. Nice, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, double jinx. Yeah, I, 
Uh, I will say though, uh, I mean, this, you know, you said you saw it by yourself and there is a lot of like things in the movie where they talk about their own loneliness. Like I can remember Paul Giamatti saying that he basically just never really celebrates Christmas because he's by himself all the time. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it kind of fits the theme too of the movie. That's very true. I felt yeah, me seen. And, uh, me and Mikey <laughs> saw this one uh, in theaters. So this is one of those random ones where I was like, hey. Because nowadays I try to get ahead of Oscar season because I just got a feeling sometimes. And I'm like, we either see it now or we're going to fucking like, like <laughs> see this motherfucker, dude. No, that's just all so, film, dude. Uh, well, the, just won the Golden Globe for it, too. And uh, uh, the, the, and the, 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 the lady too, won yeah. for the best supporting actress, yeah, for comedy musical. So we'll see how that plays out. I mean, I don't, I take everything Golden Globe as a grain of salt because they're pieces of shit. So, yeah. <laughs> Great pick, man. Mine number eight is not as deep as Marco. Mine is uh, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Ethan, they're headed to Terminal E. That side of the airport is all yours. Thank you, Luther. I see the buyer. Got him. The buyer is Otto von Bork, Swiss national. He's connecting to Venice, departing in 30 minutes on flight 1031. Veggie, get me on that flight to Venice. Yep, flight 1031 to Venice. Stand by. What just happened? He was bumped. Bumped? What do you mean, bumped? That woman picked his pocket. Tag her. Tell me who she is. Luther Mutal Combs. Saw this back. I want to say, was it July? Yeah, July in theaters. Summertime. Yep. I uh, went and saw it with Mikey. I t- took my dad to go see it, too. We've already done a pod on this, so you guys know it's just one of those movies that is just intense. It is a fuck. Tom Cruise just he he does he does not he does not miss man. He's a madman too apparently. So he's just although not as good as previous more recent Mission Impossible's in my opinion. I still think it is one of those movies that sticks with you still just because it's like fuck man. This movie took so long to even come out. It got delayed so many times. It was filmed during COVID and. Just finally getting to it. There's a lot of great moments in it. I love the little chase scene where he and the other agent or the chick are um, handcuffed each other in the little mini car, the little whatever the fucking Fiat or whatever it is. And they're just going through Italy, Rome, and just shit's going crazy. The train scene at the end's awesome. There's just a lot of great moments in this one. And I, I think it's setting up for another, a sequel too that's going to supposedly top it all. So it's like, okay. So as a big Mission Possible fan, as everybody, if you've listened to our pod, you know, we've gone through. So many marathons of these movies. All, all of Tom Cruise's haircuts. Yeah, we've seen them. Yeah, every one of his haircuts. <laughs> he switched it up a little bit on this one. He went back a little more classic. But I, I liked where this went, where the characters are evolving to. It was an easy pick to make this uh, my number eight movie. Solid fucking choice, dude. Solid choice. I remember I saw that one with my brother, too. And man, we had marathoned all of them leading up to... I remember that, yeah. Dead Reckoning, yeah. And it was it was well worth it, well worth the payoff. I I do admit that it it doesn't quite top Fallout just yet. Fallout is still up there for me, the one right before this one. Yeah, but still very solid action flick, and uh, the, all those scenes that you mentioned are definitely up on on my faves for that movie. I just like the bad yeah. guys too. So the train scene is absolutely insane. Yeah, all that the whole of the sequence is just crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, that car chase scene, like you brought up, James, like that went on for a while, and that's just, just an excellent car chase scene. Dude, it's just, everything is just shot so fucking well, too, man, in that movie. Just, yeah, they really, I like that they spent, I, I know we've already talked about this, but I just want to reiterate that I like that they spent a lot of time with those set pieces. Because yeah. you know, I know they're changing the title because of box office or whatever, but they did knowing that it was going to be a sequel. They spent time on those those sequences for quite a bit, so you got yeah. to really be in it, and that kind of reminded me a lot of the European films, like you know, uh, like The French Connection or The Born Legacy or something like that. You know, or Born. Those kind of things are just that same feeling of those scenes were just allowed it to breathe, and that's what yeah. that's what really made it fun. I agree. Yeah, definitely. All right, time for number seven, Mikey. What do you got? So my number seven film is Saltburn. And uh, Marco kind of already went over this here, and we kind of talked about it a little bit here. But I, I kind of echo everything he says here. It, you know, it's just a well-crafted film. The performances by pretty much everybody in the film is top-notch. And it just had so many recognizable, like, memorable scenes. Uh, it's hard not to put it on your top ten, at least in my opinion. Uh, I did watch this with somebody else just because I wanted to see the reaction to some of the f- the scenes that are in the movie. I-, I just think it was hilarious when they're, you know, they're not expecting it. No one's ever heard of this movie. At least when I recommended it, no one's ever heard of it. So uh, we watched it and it was just golden, the reactions that um, I was seeing out of the people. So it made it that much more fun for me to recommend it. So I, I really enjoyed this one uh, as I guess Marco did too. So, Bravo. Bravo. Great movie. Right on, Mike. We, we were technically ahead of the curve, guys, if you think about it now. It was trending on bit. X or whatever. Last week. If only they listened to us. <laughs> Stupid movie friends. I blame them. Uh, Nabil, uh, what's your number seven? My number seven is Barbie. You know, it's one of the things we talked about, it being kind of the event of the year, and I think that might have added it to my enjoyment of the movie, but the film itself was just, it was just a fun time. You know, going through it and listening or watching the the silliness of it all. The cast were all really spot on. I mean, Ryan Gosling, Margot Robbie did really well. But if I have to say anybody, Kate McKinnon still stole the show. But I also just think that Greta Gerwig as a whole is just a really good writer. And she knows what she wants to put on screen. And I really just enjoy her directing. And even with a film like this, she she made it her own and made it enjoyable to watch just with the the whole story is the plot line as a whole with Barbie trying to figure out who she is that and with Ken having an existential crisis all that really worked well it could have been hammed up it could have been really kitschy and you know something where it would have just been a streaming thing that nobody would have thought of but I think it's a testament to how just well the writing was between her and, and her writing partner to what they put on screen and how the casting was just kind of perfect to really make this film feel just like a fun time, and uh, again, not taking itself too seriously. Excellent fucking choice, Nabil. Nice, Nabil. I don't know what to say. I, don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree with what cool. you said, though, man. It, it, it was the experience of the year, man. You know, like, you'd still go, you know, a month after the, the release of the movie, and people, you would still see people dressed up, ready to go see the movie, you know exactly what they were going to go see, so. Uh, and, and in a way, it helped uh, to bring people to the movies and I don't know, sort of a, a welcome back to a night out the movies. Marco, what was your number seven? My number seven is Flora and son. So this, this movie is a John Carney movie and uh, I don't, I don't know if Nabil or Mike would agree, but James and I are a big fan of this dude's movies. And of course, when I found out this was one of his, I had to see it. 
Uh, I saw it on Apple TV uh, with my brother in November, and we had seen his uh, one of his previous movies, Sing Street, before. And I was like, "Dude, it's the guy who did Sing Street. Let's check it out." And man, so th- this movie is about a single mom, Flora, who has a rebellious son that she just can't seem to connect with. He's always getting into trouble. He's like one or two steps away from going to juvenile hall and she decides to connect with him through music and finds an old abandoned guitar and fixes it up for him and says here, you know, try music only to discover that he's already like doing music, but just not that type. He's, he's doing his own. He's uh, trying to be like a rapper and she's like trying to push that and really support him and, use that as a way for an outlet for him and um, also to, to connect with him. Cause you know, she's obviously single divorced and um, doesn't have too much of a connection with his dad. So it's, it's really just like up to her and his dad's an ex musician. So it kind of goes hand in hand, but it's a very, very like touching movie, well acted, well directed. It, it's, it's like a, you could consider it like a musical because th- there are parts where they, they break into song, but it's not like a, a dance piece or anything. They're just, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're just playing an actual song. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is also um supporting actor in it as well. And they do these, these scenes because he's a, a music instructor where he's, he's a, they're doing it through zoom, the, the music instruction. And when they're going through like rehearsals or uh, songs that, they're sharing with with each other him and flora like they they do this effect where that person is there in the room with the other person it's really cool and i i thought that you know it was kind of original but um if you haven't seen it it's on again on apple tv very much worth the fucking watch definitely that's uh i mean john carney's great so it's one of those things where you know sing street and i've been a fan since uh his first film once so that's beginning and it's just all his movies have something to do with music or the love of music somehow in it. And this one is really follows suit with it. I thought it was a very feel good movie, especially by mm-hmm. the end. It's, it's, it's fantastic. So great pick chef's kiss. So my number seven film is the holdovers. Just like Marco said, this is one of those movies where I kind of, I, I went in somewhat blind. I think I saw like one trailer for it for the most part. It wasn't one of those things where like I was like, oh, my God, we have to see that. I saw this with Mikey, like, I want to say a day before Thanksgiving, right? Sounds right. Yeah. Like, we randomly went and saw it, you know, date night. It gets crazy. So um, I think Alexander Payne is one of my that's one of the only directors that I've really held on from the Bill's uh, movies that he used to watch around here for the most part, because I think um well, I'm not a big fan of Nebraska, although I can re- respect it and such. Uh, the Descendants, I think, is amazing. I think that's one of the best films, one probably top ten films I've ever seen. So, and then um, Sideways is really good too. So it's just kind of just like a continuation of just Paul Giamatti just fucking killing it. And I always feel like he's always kind of always kind of been there, close to being really great. And like I think this movie might be his the big one from. Truth be told for anything with upsets and such but yeah very touching story i liked the bond between the two him and the young uh, man in the movie who apparently was this is his first acting role he never acted before wow. so oh, i didn't know that yeah, yeah so they they technically met him at the school itself when they were the acting school that they 
were going to get people from. So it was great. I liked it a lot. It's very touching. Um, didn't hit me as hard as Marco, obviously, but there are some moments alone. where it's, you know, even there's even a character that's the cook that's recently lost a son and, and you know, people yes. don't know how to react to her. And like uh, it put, her name's Mary is played by Divine Joy Randolph, who's probably going to win the best supporting actress from the look of it. She's really good in this movie. It's just one of those things where it's like I want it takes place what, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, something like that. It's right after, around no, there. Vietnam. Yeah. So 70s, 70s, yeah, it's so. early 70s. And um, I just liked it a lot, man. And Paul Giamatti is just like this fucking Scrooge kind of guy. But it's weird. Like Family Guy says, it, he keeps it real. A, he has a heart of gold, though, deep down. <laughs> yeah. He's that post office guy like, oh, well, that guy gave his whole paycheck to the fucking orphanage. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So it just works. It's such a good movie. And I think uh, very underrated. Probably not a lot of people yeah. saw it. That's cool that it's on Peacock now. I wasn't aware of that. So. I can't recommend it enough. It's one of those movies. Just, it's a drama, but I, I feel by the end of it all, it, it, it wraps up very nicely for and it kind of, even though like yeah. in the way that we saw it, it, it almost feels like a holiday film kind of because it technically takes place during the holidays. Set in right? holidays. So it yeah. kind of worked that we saw it like right during the holidays, I think, too. So maybe that also added to it, but definitely a movie that I'll probably check again, too. So um, uh, solid, a solid movie. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a good film with a lot of like you said, like a lot of heart, you know, you, you want, they want to make you feel like you hate the character, but as you're going through it, you really kind of, it, there's good, I I will say it's good character development in general. Like you, you start seeing more and more and understanding the reasoning behind Paul Giamatti's character and then the holdover kids that are there. And not to mention, um, I'm going to say, sorry, but like, it's actually really funny too. Like, yeah, and this good comedy. <laughs> and I think that's testament to Paul Giamatti. He's able to play it straight while also, you know, be hilarious, you know, laughing at himself or the people around him kind of thing. So that yeah. that him being there helped elevate that a bit. Like the gifts he gives is just like the book that he yeah, fucking wrote, basically right yeah, gives it to everyone. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, you got a book too. And they're like, What the fuck? Like just with when he's just fucking trash and he fucking farts or he farts in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know why. I'm a fucking kid. That's, that's why. So stupid. <laughs> he farted. Oh man. Cool. So those are our number sevens. Let's get into our number six, Mikey. What is your pick for six? Looks like some of us are in sync here because my number six is Flora and Son. Can I try that on? Yeah. Can we get it? What's it made of? Uh, it's full of feathers. Goose feathers? From a golden goose? Anyway, it's too big. That's the look. Yeah, for turtles. Come on, let's go! So, uh, like James, I Maybe. just saw this a couple days ago. Uh, and I, I loved it. Uh, it replaced the movie here. And I have never seen a movie by this director. Oh, um, and as soon as I watched a... this one, yeah. yeah. As soon as I saw this one, I was like, I got to watch this other guy's other films, right? So they are already on my watch list. They'll, they'll be watched probably in this, in this, you know, in the next couple of weeks or months or something mm. like that. So uh, I definitely have it. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of echo what Marco said already here. I just feel like uh, they did the relationships really well. Like, uh, you know, Houston and Gordon Lovett. Yeah, he's the teacher, but she's almost teaching him a little bit as well. Um, they're kind, kind of, of learning off of each other. Rediscovering, right? 
I would say. Yeah, and and that relationship actually helps her connect with her son, and she also learns from her son to like she's observant on uh, you know some of the stuff he has. So I think they just did a really good job using these three characters together and showing how the different relationships can affect each other. Uh, and it's just a really honest and true movie with the characters just seem honest and true. And there's just a charm to the whole movie. Uh, and yeah, I was, it was, it was fantastic. I, I love this movie. So that warms my fucking heart, Mikey. Uh, Nabil, what about your, uh, number cease? My number cease is dream scenario. Who's certain they've actually had a dream about me? Okay, let's explore this. This might get us somewhere interesting. Does anyone want to share the content of their dream? Yes, you? Well, um, I'm in this forest, wandering around, eating these strange mushrooms, and I'm in like a full tuxedo for some reason. (laughs) And there's other people also dressed up, but they're all scared, like frozen in fear. And then I realize it's because of this really tall man running towards me. So this is the uh, the Nick Cage film that came out earlier in the year. I saw this in the theaters when it came out, and it's it's a Nick Cage film, and it's a weird film, but it is it is enjoyable. There's there's a lot that happens, and none of it's explained. You just kind of go with it, and Nick Cage does a great job of like grounding you while at the same time making you feel like everything's surreal and not understanding why. And he does, I mean, he does what he does best. The, the film itself has a very, it's just a very interesting premise. Again, they don't explain what's, why it's happening, but you get to see a man who has nothing or is leaving a, a living a remedial life and something happens where he's suddenly kind of getting a bit of attention. And I feel like in a kind of realistic way, something that he kind of takes advantage of for a little bit and gets, gets caught up in the storm. And it's just very well done. You, you connect with him while you, while also feeling very disturbed by him. And there's a lot of tense scenes where you just kind of sit there and you're like, what's about to happen. I don't know if I feel comfortable. And then you kind of just pass on to the next thing and you just start moving. So it's, it is, it, it just, even now thinking about the film, it is just very odd and it sits with you. There's a good cameo with Michael Sarah in it, who plays like this, uh, ad exec or something like that, which he's just hilarious in this film. Um, so it was nice to kind of just see him toss in there, but overall, just, it's just a really good Nick cage film, just having him in here and playing this character. I just, every time he was on the screen, it just, made the film that more enjoyable because you just didn't know what was going to happen with him. Yeah. I also like that. They kind of made him like an oddball. Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of living in like his, you know, quote unquote fame. And it's almost like a, like social media, right. You know, you get some like claim, you get, you go viral once and like, you kind of feed off that and you kind of want more Holding and more it. until it becomes yeah. a negative thing in your life. And then it, you kind of see the downfall too. So I actually thought this movie was really good. I actually watched this this morning while driving to work. Oh, really? So, so <laughs> I, I need to watch it again. The way it was I'm driving, right? the way he, caused so, like, he caused a few accidents. So just don't report him, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it was really good. I really want to watch it again. So he's like, I paid attention 30% of the time. I, I picked up most of the story. He did it for the love of cinema, guys. I can't believe That's what it was. was. Star Wars film, bro. Wait, what? He's like, Swerve City, let's go. <laughs> Dude, he was all like going into the lane. He's like, he's like, oh, shit. 
Nice pick, Newell. Oh. Uh, Marco, what is your number six? My number six is The Killers of Flower Moon. So, to no surprise, this movie's fucking fantastic. I mean, it's it's Scorsese. Obviously, we're, we reviewed it on the pod. But it's it, it stayed stuck with me, man. Uh, I saw this in Cinemark in Napa with my brother back in October. And just seeing the odd the the odds the ads for it for it you know coming to streaming and um for its golden globe nominations it just made me really reflect on the movie and just yeah it's fucking long it's three hours plus long and there's little to no action but it it, like we said man it, it the movie just carries itself so well it's well acted leo does so well lily gladstone does so well um Meth Damon as well too for his little part as he has, but yeah, just overall, man, the the story, the premise, it's it's not a well known premise based on a on a true story, and I, I like how Martin Scorsese put it in the forefront. It's very relevant to to today, and it it's it's one of another one of his masterpieces, man. I just um, I had to put it on the list, man. Definitely gonna watch it again, in the comfort of my own home, you know. Where I can take bathroom breaks appropriately, but yeah, shot beautifully again. Really nice fucking shots. J- just the intro alone with uh, the dancing around the oil and stuff. Just shot so fucking well. But yeah, it made my list. Yeah, it's another uh, you know Scorsese being in his his uh, twilight years, uh, having the yeah. time to just spend on a movie and a story that he wants. He's he's investing himself into it to get it you know the, exactly the way he wants it on screen between that mm-hmm. and like what, what was it the silence i think was the last film that he did before the, the priest one uh um, irishman was the last movie he did irishman. irishman yep yep and then so like he's he, these kind of films he's making right now is definitely him leaning more into the auteur part of it and just wanting yeah. to tell a story rather than it you know he's always been a character focused guy but this film to your point and I, I know we've already reviewed it but to your point marco um, it really was just him already a master at his craft and just giving us something because it's something he just wanted to show us and, and gave mm-hmm. us as much of it as he could on film. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I wasn't on the podcast for this one. I was actually in the hospital, so I could not make it here. Uh, but that being said, I, I do agree with what you guys are saying. It was a, a really good film. Uh, the characters were done really well and the performance is really good. I did think it was kind of long, uh, like Marco was saying here, but... It took a time to like kind of just tell its story, and it was just a really good story overall, uh, and something that I was not familiar with from before, so it did kind of stick with me a little bit as well. Well, I, apparently all the rest of my movies just aren't as deep, but number six for me was Gran Turismo. Yes, yes, how's it looking? Oh my god! It is here, bruv. This is insane. I, I, I can't believe this is actually happening. Yes. What's it saying? Oh, bruv, it's beautiful. Dude, how many months of selling underwear did you have to do to afford the new wheel? Be honest. <laughs> ah, I just know this means you'll be at the gaming cafe less, dude. Yeah, bruv, I'm bored of the cafe. Yo, I'm 99% sure that I've beaten every single person that's ever stepped foot in the cafe. Also, for your information, 
It only took me a month of saving up at the liquor store to afford the new will. Not months, plural. Month, singular. Moment of truth. Oh, she's perfect. Uh, <laughs> this is so much better than my old setup. I'm sorry, I'm unstoppable now. I'm unstoppable. Oh, yeah, see, I knew everyone would be like, what the fuck? Yeah, I really, um, very surprising film to me. This is one of those movies where... I actually saw an early screening of this, technically. So maybe, I don't, I don't know if that added to it or not. Me and Mikey went and saw one of the Regal Mystery movies, and it actually was Gran Turismo. And at the time, all the trailers for this didn't look that great, in my opinion. They all kind of looked, I don't know. They looked, they looked decent, I guess. But it was also kind of one of those things where, like, I don't know. So we saw it back in July. I guess I can't really count Neil Blomkamp at Like, great director. Random movie, right? You would never think Neil Blomkamp doing a fucking Gran Turismo film. But this worked for me. I liked the story. It's based on a true story. I liked, I really liked the actors, man. I thought, you know, um, fuck, I mean, not to mention, I mean, Orlando Bloom is kind of more of a minor character, but we got Archie Madikwe, who is John in this one. He also shows up in Saltburn later on in the year. And then um, it just, it kind of just fucking worked for the most part, man. I, I don't know what to say. It's one of those movies where it is very, like touching a lot more touching than I thought it would be. Jamon Hansu is his father in this one. There's like a scene later on in the movie that is just like pulls at the fucking strings because it's just like finally them bonding and like realizing like what dreams can become and shit. And it hits pretty hard. Uh, David Harbour is really good as the coach. He's I think he's really good in pretty much everything except fucking Hellboy. So for the most part, this movie just <laughs> works. The racing's really cool. I thought the racing sequences were fucking awesome. Um, I'm kind of a sucker for racing films, so that aren't Italian apparently. But uh, so for this, for the most part, like this one worked. One of the most surprising movies of the year for me was Gran Turismo. So I I really liked it. I saw it I saw it twice. So I mean that's another one. So that's my number six. Yeah, I'll say I, I agree. I, I think it's better than it deserves to be. <laughs> to be honest, for the type of story that it is, it could, and I think that's because of Neil Blomkamp. Mm-hmm. You know, just what he brought to the film, but. Yeah, totally a surprisingly good film. Way better than I thought it was going to be as as we yeah. were, you know, watching the movie. But it's it it all works well. It's not, you know, it's it's not like a crazy for Ford versus Ferrari or even no, an Italian not at all. film. I think like it's its own thing. I think that's what yeah. I liked about it, is that it, it, it works for what it does. It doesn't it yeah. accomplishes everything that it needs to accomplish. And I feel like for the most part, it's a movie that I've also recommended to a lot of people because it's also on Netflix now. Yeah. In case anybody wants to know, so, and I've had four or five people from work alone go and see it, and they came back saying like, "Oh, we had such a blast watching that." So it's like one of those movies, like boom, 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 like, oh yeah, there you go. So, and I agree that the trailers really do it no justice. It's a terrible trailer because the movie really is fantastic and yeah. very fun to watch. And while it is a racing film, I feel like it, like you guys were already saying here, like the relationships and the performances from the characters really kind of play pay off. Yeah. And the racing, they since they introduce like some of the like video game elements, it kind of makes it a little different than a normal racing movie would. So they do that really well, kind of playing to the video game and kind of bringing those elements in. Uh, it plays well to what they try to you know portray to the, the viewer. So, Mikey, let's start us up for our last half here with number five for you. So, my number five film was The Creator. Uh, So, I saw this with James in the theaters, uh, and I didn't see it streaming anywhere. So, uh, I I don't know why it's not streaming anywhere. Anyways, but I thought this was a really cool sci-fi film. I thought they 
kind of did a, a, a well job, a good job. I don't know. I can't talk right now. I'll talk too long. Well, jo- hey, we get anyway. it. We get it. You liked it. Uh, yeah, they did a good so job doing uh, world building, right? So they built this world and they did a really like just a nice aesthetic throughout the whole film. And then John David Washington, I thought his performance was pretty good as well. Um, but it's really just for that sci-fi element. I really think that uh, you know sci-fi films are really just like cut and paste. And this one just felt a little different to me. And I just thought it was refreshing to see something kind of new. Uh, and this kind of just hit it for me. I, I don't know why I liked it as much as I did. I seem to like it more than most people did. But I still recommend it to people. And the three people I recommended it to also liked it as well. So kind of resonated with me. And uh, others, some of the other people I talked to. Solid Mikey, movie in theaters too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I, it's uh, streaming on Hulu actually, right now. Is it okay? Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Excellent choice, dude. Excellent choice. Yeah, I remember seeing this with you. We saw it back in September. Yeah. And uh, it was unfortunately it was in one of those weird slots. Mary, it was only in IMAX for a week, which is fucking weird because all these other big movies were coming out so they were pushing out all this other crap so great sci-fi movie man this was a, another movie where i i didn't think it was going to be that great because we'd been seeing the same trailer for like a year and it was just like okay we get it and gareth edwards last few tries i, I feel like he you know I, I was like i don't know so but surprisingly very touching fucking movie too there's several times in movies where i was getting choked up a little bit i was like oh god what's going on in my life <laughs> <laughs> this little android kid's getting to me bro it's getting to me there's a scene near the end where he's like talking to his wife and i was like fuck so you know stuff like that but uh great choice man v emotional very nabil cinco my number five pick is american fiction here you go right yeah wait a minute why, why are these books here i'm not sure i would imagine that this author ellison is black that's me, Ellison. Yeah. He is me, and he and I are black. Oh, bingo. No, no bingo, Ned. These books have nothing to do with African-American studies. They're just literature. The, the blackest thing about this one is the ink. I don't decide what sections the books go in, and no one here does. That's how chain stores work. Right. Ned, you don't make the rules. I'm just gonna put them back after you leave. Don't you dare, Ned. Do not you dare. So this film, um, I saw in theaters just recently, actually a few weeks ago, and I have to tell you, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I really like Jeffrey Wright. The more and more I get to see him in things, the more I enjoy his acting. Um, this film's trailers tell you nothing about what's really happening in this movie. Oh, it's giving you one you. side of it. I told you, yeah. right? Yeah. So once you really go into it and start watching it, like there's there's such a deeper story here that I just enjoyed so much. The the family dynamic that that uh, Jeffrey Wright's character Monk goes into and having to deal with a lot of things are happening, and he's also trying to navigate this this little lie that he's put on in the world. I just I I think it's funny. I think it's there's really good chemistry with all the characters. I really loved. Um, Sterling K. Brown in this film. I think he's just uh, a great. He's, goes he's fucking hilarious too. Goes crazy in this one, and it's fun. Yeah, it's, I think it's just a really good time overall, and they really are are leaning into some of the uh, the more eccentric, but maybe not so uncommon stereotypes of of uh, of some of the people that they'd be interacting with within this film. So, I really just 
even now still thinking about it you know there's a line in the film that with a conversation between Issa Rae's character and Jeffrey Wright's character near the end of the movie that I really kind of think about even as as uh I think was more poignant to think about as as somebody who's you know going through uh middle of his life right now (laughs) or starting it at least so I think it's just a very interesting um tale and Though I was a little hung up on the ending, but I think that's more just me because my wife thought I was dumb, uh, <laughs> to say the least, of not getting what was happening. Um, for the most part, I just really enjoyed what was being told and and how it was kind of being portrayed about just life in general. That's hilarious, yeah. by the way. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. You go first. No, I was just going to say, is like, the, the, I mean, they kind of played this off as a comedy and it, and it is. It's got funny parts in it, but it really has some heavy stuff in it as well. Yeah. I, I mean, his family goes through all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, and then him himself goes through all kinds of crazy stuff as well. So I just, it's like a dramedy almost. So it's a lot of drama and yeah. some comedy as well. It was a really well, well movie. I like I liked this movie as well. I thought it was really good. I, w- I wasn't a big fan of this movie, but I do recall immediately right after seeing it, we saw this back in end of November, we got to see a really early screening because then the movie got delayed after this. I actually told Mikey, Nabil would like this movie. Like, yeah. exact words to him. I was like, oh, this yeah. is more of a Nabil movie. It's like, this ain't a movie for me, so. <laughs> yeah, resonated with me. You, you got me picked. Yeah. No, I know I know what you like. So, I was like, yeah, this is a Nabil movie. So, that's good, though. I'm glad you got to see it because it's still, I think, only in limited theaters right now. So It's so limited, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Marco, what's your number five? My number five movie is Oppenheimer. I saw this one at the Esquire IMAX Theater in Sacramento with my brother and my niece back in July. And man, this movie was a whopper. It's filmed incredibly. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan. Y'all know I'm a sucker for Christopher Nolan. Incredible movie, obviously. Biopic. Uh, Killian Murphy just incredible in it the whole cast does a phenomenal job no one phones it in and I, I think we even said that in the pod too like everyone just gives it their all in this movie and it shows the respect they have for for the art and for uh working with this director and in the story but it 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 didn't only just focus on on oppenheimer and uh the development of the atom bomb but just so many other elements that you know are also like relevant to today also it was like a bigger picture element to it that i just really appreciated the uh, obviously the different aspect ratios too it's it's just filmed so well and um yeah man it's a fucking solid masterpiece i don't think you mentioned but that theater is the 70 millimeter one right correct yep it's the same one we saw it i think me and james saw the same theater so Uh same one saw it on opening night actually I believe. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, a lot to say about Oppenheimer. It's one of the best movies I think I've ever seen. So, all right. So <laughs> my number five, I guess, would be Mikey. Uh, mine is also the creator at number five. Look at that, Mikey. Very nice. We mm. made a sandwich between the boys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very, taste. very surprising film. I thought it was beautifully shot, especially for the budget that it supposedly was on. Too, it's a lower budget film. Very well acted. Uh, John David Washington, I think, while he does tend to play a lot of characters kind of the same, fortunately, in my opinion, but I felt like this was a good change of pace for him in this role. I I feel like maybe sci-fi might be his thing. Fuck, it kind of worked for him. 
Uh, got kind of even like a almost like a Blade Runner feel to certain parts of it too, with kind of like the the history. And there's a lot of really cool special effects in this movie, man. Like just the look yeah. of the androids or the robots or what the fuck they were, and it worked for me. There's some not 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 a super action heavy film, but when it does happen, it's pretty intense. There are some scenes that are very Star Wars esque, if that makes sense in these in this movie. Very touching too. The last 20, 30 minutes are very like gut wrenching too. I think uh, on an emotional scale. So I really liked it too, Mikey. So I, I agree with you. Solid movie and a very good sci fi film that's original. So yeah, let's move on to our number four films, Mikey. What is your number four? So my number four film was The Holdovers. There was an incident when I was at Harvard with my roommate. And she accused me of copying from his senior thesis. Plagiarizing. Uh, well, did you? No, he stole from me. But that blue-blooded pricks family had allies on the faculty. I mean, their last name is on a library, for Christ's sake. So he accused me in order to sanitize his treachery, and uh, they threw me out. Hey, so you got kicked out of Harvard for cheating? No, I got kicked out of Harvard for hitting him. <laughs> you hit him? What, like punched him out? Nope, I hit him with a car. You got kicked out of Harvard for hitting a guy with a car? By accident. I'd have Jim Beam, please. But he broke three ribs, which was technically his fault because he shouldn't have been in the road. Two dollars, please. Also, he shat himself, which was the greater indignity. <laughs> Here you go, killer. Uh, which, uh, you know, we've already Hang talked on. about a little Yo. bit here already. Uh, and I saw this in theaters with James, as was mentioned beforehand. But I just, I feel like this movie is just, it's almost like a must watch. Like, you almost have to, like, watch this movie. Like, just the way that all the characters are and how they kind of affect each other. And all the characters are different people in the beginning of the movie than they are at the end of the movie. And it just seeing the progression and, and like how they kind of interact with each other, it just felt great um, to me at least, and I, I guess to you guys as well. Here, it's just I just you just feel for these characters every time they tell you a story, every time they like interact with each other, or get angry at each other. You can just tell that it's, everybody is just kind of you know singing a symphony to, to you know to this movie here. So it just really it was a good movie. I didn't even hear about this movie until like the day before. That's when me and James bought the tickets. James was like, hey, you want to see this movie? I was like, I never heard of it before, but let's yeah, let's do this, right? And it 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 was one of the, my, I guess, most surprising films of the year. So thank you, James. <laughs> Trust in the process, baby. Shit. He did it again. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it, Mikey. Thanks for going with me, even though the people hopped in during the movie and they're fucking assholes part of it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent choice, Mikey. Uh, what about you, Nabil? What's your number four? My number four pick was Wonka. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? I don't know. I've never had any. You've never had chocolate? Still, no. Well, lucky for you, Noodle, I have a selection of the world's finest ingredients right here in my travel factory. Oh. Where to begin? That's the question. I know. Silver linings. Made of condensed thunderclouds and liquid sunlight. Did you always want to make chocolate? No. Back when I was your age, I wanted to be a magician. Here. Try one. Wow. 
Okay. Yeah, we we reviewed this obviously, so you know we like already it. have our our Take opinions on it. Our last pod? Is that our last? I pod? think it's our last pod. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude's wearing was. the fucking Oompa Loompa shoes again. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But you know, I, I just just to highlight why I enjoyed this so much, seeing this in theaters was, it just was really uplifting. You know, you guys were talking about we mentioned you know same director, but it's like the akin of being tied to Paddington and like just a yeah. feel good movie. This is what this was for me the whole time. I just, I, and it was a surprise to me. I didn't expect to enjoy it. I remember it you saying it during your review and I was like, is he going to put it on his list? I was like, oh, British director, he might, he might, <laughs> he might. And that's right up his alley. Yeah. Very transparent here. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not me going into it saying, oh, this is going to be a great film. You know, I just kind of watched it saying whatever. And, as I watched it, I loved the songs. I thought Timothy Chalamet did great in this film as as Wonka. I felt I everything was just very earnest to me. Everything he did there, I just everything was just fun. And you know me, I sometimes I just want to forget about things that are going on around us and watch something that just makes me feel good. And this throughout the whole film, I just felt good. So very it was just a wonderful very movie. Yeah, Nabil finally figured it out with Timothy Chalamet. He's like, I think I fucking get it finally. Yeah, I, I do. You know? <laughs> I think I, get I, think that I fucking get it. No, that's well, great, we said man. It yeah, podcast as well. But like, this movie yeah. just captures the magical feel of the like the original one from back in the day, and it's yeah. it's yeah, it's a, it's a good it's, film. It's even got like a good like holiday feel to it for like the. It I know it's not technically a holiday film, but it's, I don't know. It just kind of, it, it works that like it came out in December, by the way. So. It's very hopeful it's too. Magic. It's another one of those stories that focuses on big picture and not just on the individual characters. Yeah, it doesn't have like. to be like. But you're right, though, Nabil. Just like the Paddington films, it's not like a. There's no. There's I, although there's bad guys or you know antagonists in the film, it's not like a malicious kind of feel to it, like some movies have with the with the antagonist. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Even though yeah, technically they're about to drown them in chocolate, but outside of that, I mean, like for the most part, it still has a whimsical <laughs> kind of feel. And they're also hoarding the chocolate. Silly though, you know, he's going to drown them in yeah. chocolate. That's like yeah. what is that? It's just, that's it's silly, funny you know? though. Yeah, it's kind of it's right. ridiculous. It's like yeah. that's that's some shit that he would do eventually, but that makes sense. <laughs> Good pick, man. Uh, what about you, Marco? What's your number four? My number four movie is Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi, Barbie. 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 Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. 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 Oh, hi, Alan. There are no multiples of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm confused about that. So I saw this at Brendan Theaters in Vacaville with my whole family back in July. Back to back July movies. Look at that. But it was, it was quite the experience, man. Uh, it's like Nabil said, this this movie really had a lot of hype to it and it, it paid off. Uh, if you would have told me just a year ago that I'd be hyped up and freaking excited about a Barbie movie, I would have told you you're full of shit. But jokes on me because I really fucking enjoyed this movie. Uh, Greta Gerwig, man, Sacramento represent. She's she's fucking just releasing hitters. Hope she keeps doing it. Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, obviously fucking fantastic. Hit it out of the park. Uh, it's it just it touches on a lot of different things, man, and it, it's it's just so so fucking relevant again, man. But it it, it makes you fucking feel 
the storyline is it's stupid and silly, but it represents other things and it just kind of makes you feel, you know, uh, seen, I guess, or like you're not going fucking crazy. Uh, Greta Gerwig has a good way of incorporating uh, fantastical elements and using them to, you know, I- express like her, uh, her, her story and her messages. And I, I liked it, man. Um, again, like just went with the fam. We all fucking dressed up. It was fucking awesome. My mom went with us, man. She barely goes to the movies these days. Cause she's so busy and stuff, but <clears throat> she was all dressed up. I went with my son, man. We were, we were like just straight up rolling, man. It was fucking awesome. Um, and I think that experience just added to it. It's, it had been a while since we all went as a whole family and it just made it that much better. Where did you, did you go dressed up, Mar- Marco? Tell I us. wore my pumps, dude. Did yeah. you wear the pink? It's okay. I understand. Was it, was it let me Gotta borrow? Do you it. remember? Yeah. Shit, man. You forgot? <laughs> God damn, dude. I know. I don't, know what, back. I don't know what Marco's top three are anymore. <laughs> oh, I, I, right now. I, I oh, have oh. turned the world upside down. Like, Oppenheimer at five. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. I'm glad. I, yeah. I'm glad it connected with you. Did, like I've talked about it before in our review. It did, it did not connect with me in the same way, but I'm glad for a lot of people it it worked out. So my number four film is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Not this way. Don't know where you're going, Indy. Listen to me. No. I know change here. Faster! Go faster! 10 minutes to the airport, boss. I'm not sure Professor Schmidt is an actual professor, by the way. He's a nut! Turn left! Turn left! Turn left! Oh. No! Apparently nobody in the world liked this movie outside of me and a couple of the boys. But um, this movie, I think, I don't know, it works for me. It's just a movie that I know so many people bitched about and blah, blah. And it's like, damn, I, 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 lo- I love this movie. Like, I watched this movie and then saw it the next morning, like, again, in theaters. Like, I saw it with Mikey at, like, an 8 o'clock showing or some shit, got out of the theater, and I came back like 12 hours later and I watched the movie again with my dad. Like I brought him to go see the movie. And then four days later, I got laid off from my job. So, I mean, whatever. It's not a big deal. But like everything kind of like led into Jesus. this, you know. It all works <laughs> together here, guys. So It's all part of the um, plan. By the way, I, I saw this movie three times. So this is the only movie I've seen three times, I think, on my list. Just so you know. If, uh, anyway, it's the, most, the movie that I saw the most from 2023. I just... I have... Like an emotional connection, I think, to Harrison Ford, where I I don't know, he, he kind of reminds me like I I don't know, just seeing him get older, it just it it makes me sad a little bit, you know, because it's like you know how many more years do we have with Harrison Ford? And I think some of my best memories, um, 
I don't care. I'm getting all choked up here, boys. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. Some of my best memories of movies is like Star Wars and um, Indiana Jones. And I don't know, man. It just really, it just worked for me, dude. <laughs> I, I agree with you just, in, in the sense of like the, the fact that the film is leaning into Harrison Ford being older. You know, it yeah. isn't. Whereas like the, the previous one, King of Crystal Skull, it was supposed to be, they didn't really lean too much kind into of, that. Right. Yeah, but this one they really like he, the film's premise is that he's too old for this shit now, you know. And but <laughs> like, I think he's, it works for me though. Like I like all the yeah. characters, and I liked how they they travel and like the the storyline is it's bonkers, right? But it it just works, and I even like the scene at the end where Marion comes back, and it just it, I Maybe, thought yeah. for an Indiana Jones film, it topped it off quite well. And um, yeah, obviously that's why I love this movie. So. I, I think it's a great choice, dude. And I, I think what I mean, at least for me, it's it's because we're getting at least I am getting we're getting old, dude. Because we we're getting older too. Yeah, we grew up with with Harrison Ford, like from the night, yeah. like even before the nineties. But I, I started watching him late eighties, early nineties, and you know, gone through his whole library filmography, you know. And yeah, I mean, you were on the set the of American Graffiti when you saw him yeah. driving on the streets, dude. Fresno, I, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. yeah no, Marco yeah, was dude. in one of the scenes in Fresno where he he was wearing yeah. one of the Letterman jackets at Mel's Diner eating a burger. He's like, what's going on with the I'm, I'm an extra, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I smoke and slam my hand on milkshake. <laughs> hanging, out with, hanging out with GL, as he used to call him. Yeah. <laughs> roll, have the pack rolled up in my sleeves. But, but yeah. yeah, dude, it's this movie felt like a proper send off to Indiana Jones uh, as opposed to the other one. You know, I mean, I like Crystal Skull, but this one definitely knocked yeah. it out of the park. And um, man, I, th- I think a lot of us, I mean, not me, but some of us have done a disservice to our children and never taught them about Indiana Jones. But my son was excited to watch this fucking movie. So yeah. um, it's, it's I think just it's sad just, that it didn't do too good. Yeah. And I think it's just because of the reshoots and stuff. But I think it's also like, yeah. I think a little bit, Whenever I think of my dad, I think of like Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford, because they're similar in age. And I don't know, it just it connects to me, man. I know that sounds so corny, but it's one of those movies that just it, because of those certain things, though, is why I really like this movie. And I feel like this is an underrated film that maybe just like Crystal Skull, which, by the way, no one liked when Crystal Skull came out. But I don't know where we got people last year saying Crystal Skull ain't bad. I don't know where I'm like, where did this yeah. fucking discourse come from? Right. So maybe Except in 10 right? years, people are going to be like, I just not as bad as you think. So that's James just, you know, embrace what these emotions are. It's feelings. I know you're not used to it, but it's okay. I'm Sorry, with you, here, brother. Like, it's right. I've never almost teared up during a pod. What am I doing? Okay. Like I'm a rock. Honestly, I'm though, the, like I'm the guy I with can... the hot black. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it. But like, I think this is the only film I saw twice in the theaters. Like, I, I, did, I haven't seen that many movies two times in the theater, but I saw it twice in the same weekend. Uh, and yeah, I don't get the hate for it really. It's, I mean, it's it's a good movie overall. I think a lot of people were set to hate this movie months before it even came out, from the sound of it. So, but yeah, that, that's my number four, guys. Sorry about that. That got weird. Mikey, what is your number three? All right, so my number three is Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Uh, I saw it in theaters uh, with James, I believe. Yes. Uh, and it's currently on Netflix, so you can go watch it if you want to. If you haven't, I definitely recommend this one. It is fantastic. Uh, I just thought they took the first film and just made it bigger and bolder. The story is great, and it deals with a lot of like identity, family, some some you know history things that are happening. And it doesn't seem forced. It just seems like it flows together. 
Not to mention the animation is just top notch in this movie. Uh, it's very vibrant, but it also has these very contrasting characters uh, and elements in the world that just make it that much cooler. So I don't, I don't know if you if you missed this one, if you didn't see the first one too, the first one's fantastic as well. So I recommend you're watching both of them. But these are just great films. Characters are great. Story's great. And the animation is top notch. Nice. Yeah, it's a solid pick there, Mikey. I think that's just one of the few animated films that there was a lot of interesting ones that came out this year for sure. But this is still a standout above the rest. I got a feeling um, maybe, I don't know. foreshadowing maybe no not foreshadowing like the sequel i'm saying is like i i don't know i i talked about it before this one i really did try to like this film a lot more remember we talked about we reviewed this film by the way so this is not like a fucking we we reviewed this goddamn film but i just felt like there wasn't much left to tell but apparently there's still a whole other movie so that's why that was my issue was that it was it was it's pretty fucking long i remember but man i gotta say top-notch animation in that movie man like the spider punk thing alone is insane how they animated that shit so like good, mm-hmm. good choice man yeah i agree with you mikey with with all you said solid fucking movie solid fucking choice yeah it doesn't really feel complete because of how it ends but um i, I still think it knocked it out of the park good choice man now bill what is your number three my number three pick is killers of the flower moon no 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 don't close it what we need to be quiet for a while. Storm, it's uh well, it's powerful. So we need to be quiet for a while. It's good for the crops, that's for sure. Just be still. And so I know we've already uh, talked a little bit about it. I want to just add on to echoing everything that's already been talked about. But one one of the things that I I thought was really well done was that it just focused on us in more depth what was going on with the Osage Nation and their land and their people and like that you could you know there's a lot of critiques about it could have been deeper they could have gone into you know talked more about how people were like ignoring what was really happening there and in more depth you know i'm not saying the the story is perfect um but but i think what was portrayed on screen isn't something if somebody another director who didn't spend time with you know the the native americans who he involved into making this film scorsese could have been a completely different story and i mean originally what the story really was going with was going to be different anyway so just adding that and putting some more representation in there and really getting a more insight on the story of the people of that land versus the just focusing on the fbi investigation really added that extra layer of the mention and i kind of go back to saying that he had more time scorsese to tell this story the way he wanted to and didn't feel like he had to just you know focus on like you know was just on a character he 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 expanded it a bit more to include the people that were there and we got we out of that i mean we got lily gladstone out of it and she's she's great you know i really liked her a lot in this film so that was just for that uh her role by itself really helped uh you know, humanize the characters in that film even more so. So, just a wonderful, well-made film. 
100% agree with you, Nabil. Couldn't have said it better myself. And uh, congrats to Lily Gladstone for being the first uh, indigenous person to win a Golden Globe. Right on. Uh, Marco, what is your number three? My number three movie is Poor Things. These two are fighting and ideas are banging around in Bella's head and heart like lights in a storm. Oh. You're always reading now, Bella. You're losing some of your adorable way of speaking. I'm a changingable feast, as are all of we. Apparently, according to Emerson, disagreed with by Harry. Come, come, just come. You were in my son. What? Nice pick. I saw this one at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco with none other than B D fucking J. So many people have asked me what this means, and I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't even want to explain it. Don't you? If you don't know, then you shouldn't know. Uh, we'll tell you guys someday. But uh, man, we saw this right after Moscone too. <laughs> yeah, straight from work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we we had discussed that we hadn't been to an Elmo Draft House film in a while, and we made it happen. And wasn't sure what to really expect from this movie. But man, it was one quite the experience, and two quite the film, and three just overall fantastic dude uh filmed so well emma stone is great mark ruffalo and this is great um yeah. it's you know i i don't know if you guys nabil or mikey have you seen it or not but it's sort of like a frankish ish story where mikey's seen it. uh yeah willem defoe's character uh reanimates uh, a person in this case uh, emma stone's character and uh she's sort of you know learning about you know life and um all the challenges in life and the the movie just again it's one of those stories that doesn't just focus on the characters i mean it, it does well in developing them and and developing her character and and her growth throughout the movie but also focuses on big picture shit and it just does it so well so interwoven into this story that's just entertaining it's funny um it, it's it's dramatic uh, again, it, it, the way it was filmed, it's it's quirky. It's all those things, and it, it it's really stuck with me, man. It it just really did. Um, I keep recommending this movie. Also, I I told my brother he's got to watch it. I've told a few coworkers you got he got to watch this fucking film. Um, I I can't uh, praise this movie enough. It's it's just amazing, which is why it's on my number three. Nice pick, man. I I don't know if this ever got a bigger release out here. By the way, I'm trying to think because. We saw it. We actually, me and Marco got to see it technically really early. Like it was only released, yeah. in, I think, in San Francisco, LA, and New York mm-hmm. for that first week that we saw it. So like, I I didn't realize at the time like it was a pretty like limited release. But it was it was a good it was a good crowd. It was totally packed. Alamo Draft House, a very unexpectedly great movie too. By the way, I I liked it a yeah. lot. I think Emma Stone once again another Golden Globe winner. If you care about that kind of shit, but it's one of those things too where it's it was really funny. Like it's really over the top. It's very raunchy, very adult. Yeah. I mean, this is not a movie you want to take your kids to see, but no. Um, it reminded me. I was telling Marco. It reminded me of the movie Brazil, which I'm not a big fan of, by the way, by Terry Gilliam. Just to let you know, but like a better version of that, in my opinion. So I 
that's a really solid good pick, man. Yeah, for me, uh, I, the music just bothered me for some reason. Uh, I just it, it took me out of some of the scenes. Like I, I couldn't connect with it. But Emma Stone does a fantastic job in this movie, and I had I have to say that you know I was uh, shocked at this movie. I, I I didn't really even watch any of the trailers or anything, so I really didn't know what to come in expecting it. And like you said, it's kind of raunchy. I didn't actually expect that at all <laughs> before watching yeah, the movie. Were, so. you, were you joking, Mikey? <laughs> well, yeah, I thought you guys, yeah, you guys joke around yeah, like, <laughs> all the time. Like, so it's like, I didn't realize that, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I'm surprised. yeah, I'm surprised it got away with an R rating and not a higher rating. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty close. But just to let you know, Mikey, Yorgo Lathimos, the Greek director, did this. All his movies have really weird music like that. I mean, I figured it was something that I was just, it just, and like it wasn't every scene. It was just move. a couple of them were just like, I was like, wow, this is kind of weird. Why am I, why am I hearing this? But, <laughs> He's like, why am I fully erect? <laughs> Sweat. I should have worn sweatpants in this bitch. I'm in public. Oh, shit. Not again. <laughs> All right. So my number three, probably going to be pretty surprising for a lot of people, is uh, a Marvel film, actually. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Drax, stay here with Rocket. Watch him. That's who they're coming for. I want to come. No. Mantis, watch Drax. Groot, you know what to do with these. Push down on it. What? Push it down. I am pushing down on it. Push the button. It looks like you're pushing the keyhole. The what? There's a button under the handle. Press that in. Okay. Now what? Open the door. That is a stupid design. And your instructions were very unclear. So this is the only, you know, only Marvel film I liked all year, I think, for the most part. For the last uh, five years? It's actually the only Marvel thing I've liked in the last two years, probably, I think. Most likely. I don't even remember it came out last year. Um, <laughs> unexpected. I mean, James Gunn is great. I think uh, if anyone could say the DCEU, it would be him. Maybe. Who knows? But... A really good send off for the people. Yeah, Garden Galaxy has always been kind of my favorite. The first one, especially, is probably one of my favorite Marvel films. So I wasn't a huge fan of the second one, but I think the third one really nails it. It's, it's funny. It has really good action sequences. It has a very touching story involving Rocket Raccoon, which is fucking insane to say out loud. It's a fucking cinematic fucking, fucking <laughs> raccoon creature thing. And then, man, there were so many times in that movie where I was almost going to cry, dude. It's just so many, God, it's just like, God, I'm just, uh, it's one of those so many feelings. Too. I know. We saw it back in May. It's happening Me and Mikey saw this one. A lot of heart. A lot of heart in this movie. And it's just, you know, his fucking friends, like teeth and stuff. And I was like, ah, fuck. And Layla is fucking daughter <laughs> friend. I loved it since we saw it. It was one of those movies, too. Even I didn't think the trailers were great for this movie. The, the trailers didn't look that great. But then we saw it and then we reviewed this one, too. And it was just fucking just works, man. Like, I think Chris Pratt, everybody hates on Chris Pratt. It's like, he's really fucking good in this movie, man. So everyone's good, man. So it's just one of those movies that works. I think this is one of the better Marvel villains as well. I mean, because he's actually a villain. Yeah, there was. And there's actual yeah. stakes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that too. I think it's just there's a lot of mo- like great moments in this one, too. And I think it just although it's sad to say bye to the Gardens of the Galaxy, I think it's you know, I, I don't think this is the last that we've seen of most of them for the most part. I think we're still going to see a lot of them. But, you know, there was even rumors that maybe the high evolutionary would be like the bad guy leading forward because of all the shit going on. But I mean, 
I really like that actor as well. He was in Peacemaker too. So solid movie. It's insane that a Marvel film is in my top three, but here we are. So yeah. Great choice, dude. It's really good movie. High, Evo- High Evolutionary was a solid fucking villain who still thought yeah. he was trying to do this good, but he wasn't. And man, yeah, to get emotional over a CGI oh, yeah, humanoid man. raccoon. I think this like, is damn. the year of just uh, just the feels apparently right in the book. <laughs> Yeah. Me, apparently. Fuck man. I'm just falling. Dude, my bears are just falling down, boys. <laughs> Looking like a goddamn attack on Titan episode out here. Let's get to number two. And then we're gonna get into honorable mentions. Mikey, what is your number two? Uh so my number two film was Godzilla minus one. Uh I saw this in the theaters with James and I think Marco, you were there for this one too, I believe, with us, right? No. Okay. So never mind. I wish it was. <laughs> okay. So uh but yeah, this this movie was fantastic. Uh, I I didn't expect it to take. I mean, I've liked all the Godzilla movies, so that, that part's not shocking to me. But this one really took like a kind of a left turn. Like they usually have like the humans be kind of a subplot in in the story, and this one just kind of focuses on a few people, and they're just it's just a great job with what they did with the storyline and the characters they did. You really feel for some of the characters. You you kind of get the whole situation that's going on because it's at right after a war and they're kind of piecing together families. And it's kind of crazy just kind of think that that's probably actually what happened in this area at the time. So it's like, it's just really touching, but also a Godzilla film. So you see a cool ass Godzilla creature like destroying stuff. So, uh, I mean, even like the final act where they're, they're fighting Godzilla is absolutely insane it's there's a couple cool scenes and mm-hmm. they just made godzilla you know crazier than i've seen in some of the you know the the uh japanese versions of them so i just really like the film i really connected with all the stuff that happened with all the characters and just how they kind of progressed through it a little differently than they had in the past it just kind of worked for me you connected with a giant monster attacking your village i understand that yeah there's that happens quite a bit yeah. i'm usually the giant monster but yeah <laughs> Kaiju, a kaiju, kaiju. Yeah, I think, I think also just what they did with with Godzilla over there. Like he was uh, certifiably terrifying. You know, seeing him, the 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 actual uh, moments of like the Jaws moments. You know, where it's just kind of there, and you know something's going to happen. You don't know when. You know, it's they that I think really helped amp up the connection of that film, too, because, yes, you've got a really good heart in the story. But the the kaiju was was actually scary. It wasn't something where it's just like, oh, this just bumbling monster coming through, stepping through things like you were you were in fear of of his ever looming presence at any given moment. Oh, yeah. And I think what it works is that it just it just uh, they finally modernized. Yeah. Godzilla for the Toho audience kind of thing, because like a lot of their other Toho films are just like. Yeah, a lot of boardroom room meetings. A lot of boardroom yeah. meetings. Man. A lot, <laughs> a lot of, of boardroom board board meetings. Yeah. Like, hey, let's fucking let's. Like, as much as they're like, oh, we didn't get influenced by anything else. Like, there is some legendary pictures influence in this movie finally, and it and it fucking works. So, yeah, good choice. Nabil, what's your number two? My number two pick will be no surprise to many. That's on my list. Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Motorcycle. Oh my gosh, I'm learning so much from her. Oh yeah, I, I've learned a lot of stuff too. I've leveled up my whole thing. She says, See? Oh yeah, let's see that. Let's go. Thread the needle. Over my ears, falling on my head,
And if I could remind you for you, if you could remind me of Easy. what I felt before. <laughs> and Miguel, the whole thing was his idea. Right. And who's Miguel? I love Spider-Man. And I think that this movie just we we mentioned the animation i know we've already talked about this film it's very unique in its own style you you just can't top whatever sony animations is doing with this particular series at least i was gonna say yeah um, I was like, this particular there. one <laughs> you're like man um, it looks fucking great yeah <laughs> but this i mean it looks great the story is interesting you you want to know what happens next i the kind of what james was saying you didn't really you don't really think that there's going to be much more to tell but it seems like they've got something available that they're going to eventually get to i'm not sure why they tried to feel like they were going to get this film the second film or i guess the, the sequel to this one really so quickly um when obviously that's not happening i mean but, that's a pretty sony thing to do yeah <laughs> Just building hype for nothing. There's but, also a um, movie that's supposed to have come out like two years ago, right? Gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm high hopes. Man. Not really. No, I've got no hopes for any of the ones that are coming no, up from Sony this Bill's year. Bill's literally wearing yeah. the Craven vest right now for the lion head. <laughs> I just got the lion head. Oh, yeah. Very, very furry. furry. Just, just very these are actually not the lion size, animal? though. These are my nipples. <laughs> Those are animal furs, or is that just his chest hair? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> But no, the film is the film is just a wonderful film. I, I there we've already gushed over it before in our reviews. So I don't want to l- linger too much on anything, but it, it even watching it on Netflix, it would have been fun to see in theaters if you hadn't seen it already. But if you haven't, go on Netflix. It's still beautifully portrayed there in the 4K UHD. Like it's gonna look good um, on your TV. Maybe not as good as the theaters, but you'll have a good time watching it at home. Or get it on disc too. Or or yes, exactly. That's a good point, James. Get it on 4K disc. Very, very nice pick, Nibble. Uh Marco, what about your number two pick? My number two pick, and no, this is not a joke, is also Godzilla minus one. Mikey, I wholeheartedly fucking agree with everything you said about this movie. This movie is fucking gorgeous. Man, it's 2024, and obviously I saw this in 2023, at Cinemark with my brother in Napa back in December. And if you would have told me that this movie would have been in my top 10, again, I would have told you you're fucking crazy. But here we are, talking about a big dumb monster named Godzilla. But I mean, just like... Its roots in its original 54 version, Godzilla has always represented a social or global issue. Back then, it represented the fear of nuclear power and nuclear bombs. And now it's just any really big global fear that affects not just the one, but the many. And I I love the way that these, these characters, these humans come together for a common cause to try to, to help each other out, you know? And these are people that, don't necessarily like each other really or disagree with each other and they are able to say you know what fuck our beef right now we got a big giant 10-story monster that's gonna destroy us whatever it is that represents we gotta fucking come to an agreement to stop it and it it was just 
such a great experience, man. Um, acted so well, filmed so well on a fifteen million dollar budget. It just puts a lot of some of these comic book movies, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, aside, to shame. You know, because unlike Guardians, some of these other fucking movies don't use their budgets, you know, too well. But I mean, fifteen million dollars, and you got a, a a really solid Godzilla movie that's just not only fun to watch, but actually very compelling and enthralling to watch. I, I just really enjoyed this movie. It's it stuck with me. Again, yeah, it's a fucking kaiju movie, but damn, that's how fucking good it was. Oh, that's great. I'm glad you guys it resonated with you guys. And yeah, for what they do with the budget, especially, and, and supposedly maybe the budget we're talking about, it might have been less than that. So yeah, uh, for the director saying, but I don't know. Who knows? My number two film is Saltburn. Oliver, I was going to say we should do something fun for your birthday. A proper party. No Henry's. Something actually fun. What do you think, darling? If Oliver would like it, I think it's a splendid idea. I think Oliver looks like he'd rather throw himself out of a window. What kind of party? I don't know. Whatever you want. What do you think? About a hundred people. A hundred? Or two. It invariably ends up being two, doesn't it, with this sort of thing. Invite whoever you want. All your friends. What friends? Oh, oh, how about fancy dress? Oh, yes. I can wear my suit of armor, Elspeth. Good idea, darling. Obviously, I liked it quite a bit, a lot, a bit more than you guys, but I mean, I know we talked about it, but Saltburn was a movie for me that just hit all the marks. I mean, for fuck's sake, we saw that and then we decided not to review Napoleon for fuck's sake, so we're like. <laughs> You're like, there's a little more to this one, <laughs> yeah. I think, than fucking way Napoleon. more to talk about. <laughs> yeah, Napoleon. there's a little bit of me staring into a window right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it just works. It's beautifully shot. Barry Keegan is fucking oh. great. Everything works for me in this movie. It's such a weird, creepy film where it's kind of keeps you guessing on what what's really going on to a point, but you kind of you kind of know, you know, because Barry Keegan's character is a fucking creep, and not just yeah. There's a shock factor to it all, but I, I really like the story of like obsession and belonging and what greed and can get to you eventually, you know, and I too have danced around the house, butt naked just to <laughs> murder on the dance. Rock floor, hard. You know? Yeah. Just, just fucking kill myself. <laughs> but, you know. It's actually yeah. a tradition for James to do that. after. Yeah, I was pop. doing that even before the movie. I, I didn't know until the movie, this was acceptable behavior. I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't realize <laughs> I thought everyone did this, but I was like, Oh, why is everyone shocked? Uh, he Gonna do in the movie theater, Mikey had to hold him down. He was like, Whoa, hey, bro, what are you what are you doing? Yeah, I started just putting I had my socks down, my ankle high socks is down in my it was just getting wild. So um no, I, I really like this movie. This is one of the movies that's it's really I've thought about this movie almost every day since I've seen it. So yep. um beautifully shot film made me a big fan of everybody involved in this kind of film. So it's just uh Let's get into honorable mentions, though, guys. Let's get it. You get, I'm giving you three this year. You don't have to use all three if you don't want to. We're going to keep them pretty brief. You can just kind of see why maybe it didn't make it or why, maybe something, or why you want to just kind of call it out. Mikey, what's your top? What's your three honorable mentions before we get to the top one? Uh, yeah, so um, I, some people already mentioned this movie, so I'll just be super brief on it. But Barbie didn't make my list. Um, I liked the movie a lot, actually. But I watched it again when it came out on streaming with my family. Yeah. And it just it just didn't uh didn't hit me the same way when I when we watched the movie. So I don't I know. It just sort of kind of fell you, down. I saw it twice yeah. in theaters, and I think the second time I was like, okay, 
Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was a good movie, but just didn't hit it the same way as some of the other ones. Another one that I, I you know, was close to putting on my list was the Iron Claw. Uh, this movie was fantastic, but I mean, it's super sad. Like, I can't see myself going think, down and watching this all the time. I think we talked about that right when we yeah. left, right? The theater. Yeah, and then I read before. more stuff about it. There's actually more shit that happened it's in that family. Yeah. It's like, even oh, darker. Man, yeah. Yeah, it's so crazy. Life. I was like, "There's another brother that he even fucking mentioned." <laughs> like, the director was literally like, hey, "It would have been too fucking depressing if we added the other brother too." So we just combined them into two. Like, oh my, into one. I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah, but fantastic movie though. It's well done. I, I liked it. And then on a brighter note, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem. Uh, I thought that movie was really good, um, but I had a bunch of animated films already on my stuff, so I was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to leave it off for right now. It's, it, but it was a fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, hey, if, it, if you felt like, like it's like, will they think I'm a child if I have three cartoons on here? <laughs> Am I dumb dumb? Am I the kid? Uh, that's another movie, by the way, that I saw um, twice in theaters. Uh, one week with Mikey, and then the following week I watched it with Marco and his son. So, good movie. Yep. Uh, Nabil, what what are your three honorable mentions? Well, you know, we talked. I'd mentioned earlier about like the experiences aspect of the year, and um, Cocaine Bear was one of my honorable mentions because it Thanks, was Nabil. missing. Uh, Marco, what about you? <laughs> Holy fuck! I, 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 was, I, thought, I, I thought he was gonna have a cocaine joke in there, and I was like, oh, Cocaine Bear. Uh, gotta get into it. Yeah, it it was just it was a fun event. It was a silly premise. I thought it was. A, a well done horror comedy kind of thing going on there. They, I would have loved to spend more time with the actual bear aspect of it, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think it was just a really interesting um, and hilarious take Famously, on something that just was stupid, you know? Yeah, I. That's crazy. It almost made your list then, or at least I mentioned. Famously, I, yeah. I fell asleep during this movie. Mikey's, Mikey knows like. Hard. I think I fell asleep for like forty minutes, kind of thing. Like, oh goodness! Yeah, at the end of the film, n- confused. Is like, what happened? He's like, you, you didn't miss much. And then, still running and from I the remember, bear. like, I think Alan really liked it, right, Mikey? And he was shocked that oh, I fell yeah. asleep. He's like, you fell asleep because the theater was kind of packed <laughs> when we saw it too. But I was yeah, they will be out. ecstatic. By the way, that you have that in your honorable mentions that is mentioned on this pod, they will be ecstatic that you mentioned because yeah. they love that film for some reason. So uh, <laughs> I liked it, but it's nowhere near my top ten. So yeah, I enjoyed it. So sorry about we slide Duncan on you. Uh, what are your other two? <laughs> um, the other one is a theater camp. I don't know if you guys saw that film. Yep. That that was a, a a great movie as well. I, you know, it was me between that and Joyride is where I was going back and forth with. Theater Camp was a not as obviously as raunchy. It's it's a bit more lighthearted as far as comedy is concerned. But Very it was just indie. really Very yeah, indie. it was funny and it was just there was there was obviously the heart. It's if you ever into like drama club at all at school or anything like that, you kind of did you get see that one some in theaters? of the aspect. I did. Yeah, I ended up seeing that in theaters as well. It was it, just a really solid uh comedy but also the stars in there they all did really well like i really enjoyed ben platt of course i really like him but jimmy tatro he was on a, a, a it was called american vandal i think it was on yeah Netflix. he's he's the guy yeah. that draws the dicks right or something yeah yeah and he's, he, i love yeah. him in this film like you you're supposed to hate him but he does like the douche in such a good way where you actually kind of feel for him you know it, it's i he he really sold me in this film so that was a, a just a good time as well 
I, um, I liked uh, me and Mikey saw this too, like a month or two before it came out. By the way, like the earliest oh, release really? we saw. So we saw it as a secret screening, and um, I think was that almost almost made my thing too. By the way, Nabil, I actually yeah. By the way, the most people walked out of this movie within the first minutes. <laughs> yeah, movie, really. The movie looked like, like a fucking on, people like, bolted. went off inside. Ah, uh, that's um, I love dang. that Aoi Beery's character is like pretends that she knows what she's talking about. Right. Yeah. She's, she's like combat, winging it the whole time about it, and they're like, "What the fuck?" And they're actually fighting and shit. Mask. <laughs> what do they hide? Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid that's a solid comedy that not a lot of people saw, but I think that might be like one of those cult movies down the line. I think that people eventually will see. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, good good pick for that one, man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last one, which is a bit of a, you know, I, w- I wasn't sure I was going to actually put it on here, but I, I really started thinking about it more. The Covenant, this Guy Ritchie's film that came out, I liked it more than I thought I was going to like it. Guy Ritchie, I really like him as a director, but he's got a style of filmmaking, and the the choices he makes for them are sometimes just like too cliche too like yeah it's just like middle of the road for some reason it's like you know he could do better but he just chooses to to do this this way because he's really cockney he's like that's why Uh, maybe he's just too (laughs) i feel like madonna jaded him and he's just you know kind of gone down here ever since still probably owes her money that's why (laughs) probably but um this film was just a a surprisingly different take you know you think the story's gonna go a certain way and it actually is focusing more on uh, a heroism, a heroic act of of uh, an interpreter that's inside the film, and I really like that. It was, it, you know, these military films really focus on the the military aspect of it of getting the bad guy, and this was this is kind of a flip of the script, and I like that take of it where this guy was a hero uh, that wasn't a part of really a part of the military, and Jake Gyllenhaal's character was in this is there to to repay essentially repay the favor and and help this guy out after being helped out by this interpreter. So this was different from some of the other Guy Ritchie films, and um, it sh- to me showed like he has a lot of he still has a lot of potential to go back to what he was doing in the you know uh, late two thousands early tens and, and even like the late nineties. If he if he's actually given the chance to do that and maybe not have to pay back his alimony to Madonna or something, I don't know. Yeah, I watched this because I saw that you left it a really good review, Annabelle. So surprisingly, very solid movie. By the way, I, yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought there was like really good performances. Wanted a little more at the end, just a little more because it just a little more. So I yeah. was expe- expect uh, uh, suddenly. So, but yep. So <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's that's a good pick, man. Uh, Marco, what are your three honorable mentions? My first one is Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, possibly part one. We don't know. Yeah, yeah we don't. Know. But question, this question one, mark. I. <laughs> I wanted it to make my list. I had a great time watching this movie. This is actually one of the movies this last year, 2023, that I saw twice and really fucking enjoyed this film. Tom Tom Cruise releasing hitters. Again, I don't think it was quite as good as Fallout. Fallout is just a little bit more for me. It it just really hit all the right notes. Um, not to say this wasn't a great movie. Everything was great. All the stuff that was talked about this movie on this pod was I, I agree with such a good movie, but I had to make room for a few other movies. So that one unfortunately didn't make it my second one. And <laughs> this will come to surprise to some of you, but my second honorable mission is wish and uh shout out to Camilla and Leah Bonifacio, the daughters of uh, my good friend, Jason Bonifacio, 
who wanted me to watch this movie. And so I went ahead and did and took my son to go see it, who really enjoyed it. And uh, I truthfully, I, w- I went into this movie with very low expectations. Very, very, very low expectations. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, blah, 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 blah. I actually really fucking enjoyed it, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think the story is actually pretty fucking relevant. You know, the fact that uh, wishes, a.k.a. resources, are being hoarded by some freaking rich asshole at the very top who doesn't want to share it and thinks that he knows what's to do with them. It was pretty cool. I mean, they actually have a song on in there that, you know, talks about, you know, bringing that dude down. And I thought that that was actually pretty fucking awesome. Um, is it perfect? No, that's obviously why I didn't make my top 10 list. It's it's not perfect. Yeah, some, some of the scenes don't really hit. And some of the songs, they do different things with their melodies. They're not really catchy, but they're actually kind of, I don't know, man. They're, they're different. But yeah, unfortunately, didn't make it my list. Uh, lastly, my third one is The Boy and the Heron. Um, I saw it with uh, James and Mikey. Good pick. Fucking Miyazaki. Such a great film. Uh, again, discussing loss and also focusing on big picture stuff. But it wasn't as strong as some of the other Miyazaki movies as much as I really enjoyed it. So it unfortunately, didn't really make my top 10 list. It's a great one, though. That's solid, though, yeah. man. Solid. We always got to give a little love to Sui Ghibli, you know? Uh, mine are pretty simple. So Cobweb was one of ones that I highly recommended to a lot of people. It almost actually it was on my list for the longest time too. It's a horror film, one of the only ones technically on my list. Um, I don't think a lot of people saw this one. I think it's it's almost like a like a fairy tale horror. I don't know. I I know Mikey saw it after my recommendation for the October film, so it's definitely one of those that is like pretty goddamn creepy. It's does not like overstates welcome. I think it's only like an hour and twenty minutes long. Anthony stars in it too, by the way. So if you like him in Comelander, he's like a fucking super creep in this one too. Highly recommend. So uh, my the last second, thirty minutes is crazy. By the yeah, way, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot, Mikey. You actually you did see this one on the recommendation. So if you guys are looking for a solid horror film, Cobweb. My second film, surprisingly, actually honorable mention. I think this is one of the few animated films that really like resonate with me. Was Elemental. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. Um, this is probably one of the better Pixar films I've seen in a long time and also a movie that the trailers really don't tell you much what it's actually really about it's actually like a love story which blew my fucking mind when I saw it and I really liked how it's telling how two different people from different backgrounds can come together and find love and I thought that was beautiful it gets really deep even this movie I teared up a little bit man there's something with that happens to one of the fathers once again Marco I don't know what's going on with me it's just fucking like yeah, I don't know, man. It just fucking getting old, me. bro. Getting it did. old. There's a scene where like something pretty tragic happens, and I was like, "Holy fuck, what's going on here? This is somebody made a fire." <laughs> so I was like, "Holy shit!" Right? So yeah. And um, but no, if you've not seen it, I really liked it a lot. Elemental, great film. So almost made it, like I said. And then my last honorable mention is Florence Son. Just saw it yesterday. Unfortunately, I think it's one of those things where, like, maybe I, I probably need to sit on it a little bit longer to see if it still resonates with me. Like, I, I kind of, it's like, like Marco saw it back in November. I kind of wish that I did too, just so I could have, like, sat with it a little bit longer to kind of see if it still hits. Cause, it, like, right now it's really fresh in my mind. And it's one of those things where I really, I agree with you guys, uh, Mikey and Marco. John Carney just, just knows how to press the buttons for me, man. I think it's just yep. a great mixture of plot and music. With this, like, just well acted too. It really takes me back because remembering seeing once, I remember I saw that right when I started college, and it's like it reminds me a lot of like 
early days when I started really getting into movies and stuff. And it and I, I it's like a very feel good, like warm hearted thing. Like none of his movies end in a bad way. either. just a spoiler. Like they all have a really good resolution, in my opinion. So, but yeah, those are my three honorable mentions. Right on. Let's get, though, down to it, guys. Let's get to our number ones. What was your number one film of 2023? Mikey, go ahead. You start. You can sell this ship and tell us why it's <laughs> Last Voyage of the Demeter. Go for it. Well, uh, I really like... No, uh, so my, my final movie, my number one <laughs> movie of the year is, is Oppenheimer. The important thing isn't can you read music, it's can you hear it. Can you hear the music, Robert? Yes, I can. Our bodies, mostly empty space. Groupings of tiny energy waves bound together. I'm teaching something no one here has dreamt of. But once people start hearing what you can do with it, there's no going back. Robert, we've given them an ace. It's for them to play the hand. Why do you keep informed? As best I can. The world will remember this day. I saw this in a 70 millimeter as we were talking about before when it was brought up previously, uh, I think by Marco. Yep. And uh, it is, I don't know. I just love this movie. It, I mean, it doesn't have any kind of action in it really other than like the one big, you know, kind of test scene, but it just keeps you into the movie just by the acting performances that they have and all the people they brought in, like they have a million and a half people that are in this movie and they all just kind of bring it to a great movie. I recommended this to a ton of people and everybody is kind of blown away by it. Uh, so I can't recommend this movie enough and we've kind of already talked about it. So I'll kind of keep it brief, but yeah, this, this movie is fantastic. I see this movie like winning most of the awards, uh, at least in my opinion, it should. So we'll see what happens, but fantastic movie all right wait is this a mikey making a call already for the oscar nominations very bold mikey <laughs> somebody calling marked shots. that monday january 8th 8 17 p.m mikey calling his shot solid movie dude i mean i mean there's a reason why like even marco said chris Renola makes these kind of films man like yep. it seems like nowadays he's the only one that makes this kind of shit you know like puts the detail into the creativity of it all, you know? So I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see what he does now. Cause apparently he wants to do something a little less serious, apparently. Cause he's like, fuck man, this one, like obviously after tenant and this, he's like, I just want to do some fucking, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe do some fucking crazy shit again. Who knows? So whatever it is, I know we'll be there to see it. So it's all in movie. Absolutely. Uh, Nabil, what about you, man? What's your number one film in 2023? My number one film was also Oppenheimer. I've been asked to testify about, Louis Strauss, a man who has given years of service in high positions of government and who is known to be earnest, hardworking, and intelligent. And Senator from Wyoming, Admiral Strauss, I'm interested in your relationship with Dr. J. Robert Oppenheimer. You met him in 1947? Correct. Dr. Oppenheimer, 
an honor. Well, I've only read the transcripts. You were commissioner of the Atomic Energy Commission. Who'd want to justify their whole life? You weren't there? I'm president of Temple Emmanuel. As chairman, I wasn't allowed to be. Are they really going to ask about it? It's, you know, we've already talked so much about it, but let me just tell you about a film that knows how to make you think about what contribution you're making in life and how it could impact others. If you really want to know, you know, what, what life is about, this film is going to make you question it all. So I think that that's, that's really what, what I really liked about Christopher Nolan's approach to this too, because it wasn't just talking about the man who invented the atomic bomb, but it was about what he was fighting with before and after you know, throughout that whole process. And I think that's that's a film that is could be seen as very dry. It made a very compelling story because you really wanted to, uh, you, you, were, you were thrusted into this world of this person who you know really nothing about. And even after watching it, you probably still don't know much about him, but have an understanding of that he felt the weight of the world on his shoulders and did what he did and still is, you know, dealing with, was still dealing with the, the, uh, the results of that after the fact. So it's just beautifully told story. Very nice, man. Yeah, very nice. Some, the movie that pushed Nabil more into becoming a cat burglar. I, dude, yeah. I kept thinking he's like... <laughs> I thought he was going to say that. Allah Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we lost the <laughs> it's going to be so I'm trying to laugh the whole time. I was like, I don't want to make this joke right now. I got to let him talk. <laughs> Goodbye, my friends. Hey, you have a great 2024. You know, no, just gonna... out and they're like, damn, we need to do this audio, though. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a pitch about the email support to get the cloud version. Oh, shit. All right, Marco, what is your number one film of 2023? My number one film of 2023 was The Creator. They've come for me. I have to help. There's nothing we can do. I have to help. Alfie, we gotta go. Alfie! Alfie! Nice, man. So I saw this one in Brandon Theaters in Vacaville with my brother back in October. And uh, I seem to remember uh, BDJ telling me, you should watch that movie. I was trying, yeah, so I was I like, did. see it in theaters. I was like, see it, dude. So, yeah. And um, man, I, I agree with what was said about this movie. It's, it's fucking fantastic. It, it's, uh, you know, an, an original story about, you know, uh, the the world up against AI, and and uh, another one, a theme again for my top ten is, you know, looking at the big picture thing. the 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 problem with AI in that movie could represent like really anything in in this world. It's not you know just a commentary on on AI and its future use or whatever, but 
Um, it's a very humanistic story as well, too. Very touching. I think John David Washington does such a really great job. I don't think I don't think he's the same guy in every movie, but I mean, this movie does push him a little bit more and does have <laughs> like, him show more of his we'll acting chops, which, okay. which uh, which I did enjoy the connection he he feels to you know the memories of his of his wife and what could have been of his of his child are, are just very uh, riveting, man, and just tears you apart. But overall, man, like just the fucking commentary in this goddamn movie, man, it's just so good. So fucking good. Action sequences are so good. Um, the cinematography is so good. Um, just everything. This movie really, really stuck with me all the way from back to October. I know October is pretty close into the year, but I, I, I've seen this movie three times. It's it's the movie I've seen the most. Um, I recently saw it again with my brother and, and my niece, his youngest, Maria. We told her, you got to watch this fucking movie. And she agreed and we got together and she really enjoyed it too. It's, it's just such an incredible story. Yeah. It's, it's not like the big masterpiece of, of Oppenheimer and, you know, two different, you know, obviously two different genres, but it, it's just something that really stuck with me. So made my, made my number one. Nice man. Yeah. Like it, I, I really like this movie too. I'm glad that it resonated with you too. So it's one of those, uh, Movies, I think down the line, more people probably appreciate too. So yeah. So guys, my number one, it's probably pretty obvious. I actually called it out during my review originally of this film. I said this would be my number one film. So it is Oppenheimer. Thanks for convening a short notice. I can't believe it. Well, here we are. This is atomic test. The Russians have a bomb. We're supposed to be years ahead of them, but I'm so... what were you guys doing in Los Alamos? And how many people were in these uh, open discussions? Too many compartmentalization was supposed to be the protocol. We were in a race against the Nazis. Now the race is against the Soviets. Not unless we started. Robert, they just fired the starting gun. What's the nature of the device they detonated? Data indicates it may have been a plutonium implosion device. Like the one you built at Los Alamos. A secret laboratory. Everyone there until it's done. Why? If we don't let scientists bring their families, we'll never get the best. Build them a town. Why would I leave my family? I told you, you can bring your family. I'm not a soldier, Oppie. A soldier? He's a general. I've got all the soldier I need. What can I tell them? As much as you like, until you feel my boot on your balls. You know isotopes, and you know explosives. But you can't tell us what you're doing. I think this is uh, not only the best film of 2023, I think this is one of the best movies I've seen in the last 10 years. It is pure cinema. It is just... God, it's just fucking. I think this is a perfect film, and I, you know, my my views have not changed since July when I saw it. I saw this originally in July. I saw it with Mikey, uh, seventy millimeter back on the July twentieth. You know, a lot of shit was going through my head too, and it's just like it just makes you think about life. And it's just like I, I agree with Nabil. It's not just about the creation of the atomic bomb, which is you know obviously a very monumental movement in the history of man. It is just. Something like what? What is that 
what is the cause and creation of this and what does it lead to and what is the what how that destroys a guy too in a way like realizing the thing that you've brought to life you know just brilliant i saw it twice in theaters i saw it i also august 15th i went and saw it too a second time i saw it i saw it uh like a month later in 70 millimeter as well brought my uh my dad and my niece to go see it so nice. um and it was just as good even fucking then it's just such a fucking experience just the way it looks too it's just fuck everything works the acting i think silly murphy's there's no way he can't win best actor at this point in my opinion and there's no way this movie can't win best picture i feel like this is like i agree with mikey too i'm calling my shot too i think this one will make a pretty clean sweep if anything of all the categories so i just loved it i think it's like every fucking cameo too. There's some random cameos. Like fucking Casey Affleck shows up. He's just a fucking psychopath. He's reminding me of Marco. Chardonnay uh, <laughs> is doing great in that film too. Yeah, yeah shout no out to my you know it. you know my alma mater too. It's Berkeley scenes in there. UC Berkeley. So I mean maybe the, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Everything just works for me. I'm like holy shit. I fucking went to school there. I went to the, and I maybe and even that like it just makes me proud to go to a school that fucking had such a monumental fucking history with what's you know like such a piece of that you know it's just it's amazing yeah. makes me appreciate it even more so um Nolan's masterpiece man i think it is i if this could be the one this could be the one he gets best director for finally i feel like he was slighted out a few times already on it so if it's the yeah. if it's the one this is the fucking one or he'll make a movie about it getting attacked by a bear or something down the line and maybe that'll be it i don't know <laughs> who fucking knows that's how Leo had to do it so so yeah that's my number one, and that is our top 10 best films of 2023. I'm going to get right into it with you guys here, too. I want to ask you guys, did anything surprise you from our list here, from anybody else's list? Did anything kind of stand out to you guys? Your pick surprised me, James. You are uh, added a Gran Turismo into your top 10. I did not see that coming at all. I thought that was a very surprising pick. I don't disagree with you. I think it was a great film. Uh, I just was... To pick- yeah, yeah, like I said, I try to pick movies where I was like emotionally involved with it somehow, and mm-hmm. movies that I'd watch more than one. I told Mikey this, like I didn't tell you, like it had to be a movie that I'd also watch again. So like, as much as you guys like Killers of Flower Moon, I don't know if you guys noticed, it's not on my list at all. Like it almost made it, but yeah. and like I I agree with you, Marco. Like you know how you were saying like sometimes you felt like you had to include a movie in your list, yeah. Previously, see. Like the film guy in me was like, oh, I have to put the Scorsese film in there, right? But then I was thinking about it last night and I was like, I liked it. Don't get me wrong, great movie. But I was yeah. like, not like a favorite of mine, though. Like, I, I think I even brought that up during the review. I was like, I thought it was okay. But truthfully, there's other movies that I, I wanted to kind of recognize before that, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. That's, that, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. Um, a Mission Impossible, because I mean, I'm like that movie sells itself. I want to include a movie that's not that well known or something. Yeah, you know? that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. There were so many films, like I said, even Poor Things almost made my list, but I knew you were going to add it already. So I was like, oh, someone will talk about it. So I was already kind of assuming yeah. certain ones. That's why Killer Five Minutes. Like they're all going to have that on their list. I don't need to talk about it anymore. Like, and I didn't <laughs> like it much, you guys. So why fucking force myself to put it on the list? So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nabil, you're actually a few, by the way. Sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, I was just gonna say, my um, uh, Mike, including the creator, I didn't think anybody would include that movie on here, so that was kind of surprising for. Uh, I had the for creator me, from Mike. That was me, Mike. Did you have the creator too? Yeah, Number five. That's why. It yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, I was surprised. Um, hmm? your, your, the high pick for Guardians. I figured that might be on someone's I can't list, but no one else chose that. By the way. 
It, you know what? Did you notice I have zero comic book movies on my list this year? I, I, I thought your number one was going to be Spider-Man. I was almost 100% sure, but then you didn't have the creator. <laughs> so I was like, oh, it's the creator. Yeah. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. I knew. That I burn? like that. Yeah. And then uh, I know Indiana Jones for me was personal. So I thought maybe one of you guys might have it. But I was like, I, I knew and even when I really I saw it, I was like, uh, it's going to be on here. Like I said, it's the only movie I saw three times. And then, of course, in the bill, just with the, you know, he had the randos. I liked it, too. I think I for like, me, it wasn't like a necessarily like a, a specific pick that surprised me more so that we all took a little bit different approach and still ended up with a lot of the same movies. Yeah. That uh, happens a and, lot. Yeah. 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 I just, but this the, is my the, first time doing this, right? So it's kind of weird for me. I mean, but yeah. you definitely <laughs> listen to our past episodes though, right? Oh, absolutely. Right, no, he hasn't. Every, every single one, except for a Mikey's couple. Mikey's all sweated out. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear the last one, but... <laughs> <laughs> and, and finally the bill's honorable mention of cocaine bear really surprised me <laughs> no that didn't surprise me at all I'm like, I, I, I enjoyed it though man but uh, damn the bill right on, right on. Even fucking came out last year just yeah, like yeah this, this is 2023 guys not 2022 it's great I thought it came out the year before yeah it's a lot of those movies that come out in the first three months that are kind of hard to because it's a lot mm-hmm. of times we watch them so close to the end of the year it's almost like was that still a part of the year or not so it's like shit dude but hey good stuff man uh, let's get into a couple things here, guys. Last, uh, quick. These are quick fire ones. What was the most surprising film for you? I'm gonna start with you, Marco, of the year. Godzilla minus one. Really nice. That's the most. Yeah, I just didn't expect it to be like that good. I mean, you know, it's a Godzilla movie. I thought mm-hmm. it was gonna be like action packed, you know, legendary status at best. But it, it fucking blew me away. So that was the most shocking to me, especially because it's a kaiju movie. Uh, Nabil, what about you? What was your most surprising film? I already kind of mentioned it, but Wonka was my most surprised film. It just oh yeah. By the I, way, I, I, Wonka yeah. up that high for you was pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, you still just su- just enjoyed it. It was better, it was way like, better than I felt like uh, it was supposed to be. And it was like I might go watch Dune Part Two now. I think, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, cool, man. Uh, Mikey, what was your most surprising film? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with uh, with Marco on this one. It was Godzilla. I mean, I, I knew I would like it because I like all Godzillas, but just the amount I liked it, I guess, uh, was very shocking to me. So, yeah, once again, I'm going to take my little lap around the fucking course here. You guys are welcome. That we, I recommend that one too for us to watch. Yes, I was excited because I saw the trailers and I was like, I want to see it. Yeah, uh, my most surprising. It's kind of a tie. I know it's kind of cheap, but like technically, Dungeons and Dragons that almost made my list. By the way. So mm, same uh, Dungeons and Dragons was the mo- one of the most surprising just because I didn't expect it to be that goddamn funny. But then when you, you realize it's the guys that made the fucking game night, like, OK, it makes sense because that movie's probably one of my the funniest comedies that's come out in the last couple of years to me. Yeah. Uh, but truly, I, I said what my most surprising was during the review of the everything. Uh, Gran Turismo. That was my most surprising film for fuck's sake. It made my list. <laughs> right. like, makes sense too. I had no idea, dude. So like I remember even like watching it in theaters with Mikey because we saw it like a month before it came out. So. I was like, holy shit. I was like, this is actually good. So that was the most shocking mystery film I think we've seen. So what was the worst film you saw in 2023 that were released in 2023? Not just like a movie. Uh, start with you, Nabil. The worst film that I saw was 80 for Brady. That was that was a bad film. Uh, I can't. <sighs> Why did you even watch that? You know, uh, my wife wanted to see it. I like Jane Vonda, you know, for the most part. Everybody knew it was okay, but it was it was just a bad film. Uh, okay, yeah, I, mean, I got looked, it looked terrible. That. I mean, are you sixty-five years old and white? I thought there'd be some funny, you know. Sometimes those older comedies <laughs> they have some good bits. I mean, there that's was literally that. for old people. That, that's like a movie like my parents might like if they didn't hate Jane Fonda. So, Jesus, <laughs> cool. Um, what about you, Marco? What was your worst film? 
Fast X. That was your worst film? Yeah. Damn, you had some great fucking films in throughout the year. <laughs> Uh, for you. Well, <laughs> truthfully, um, it was between that and The Nun too. But I actually <laughs> enjoyed our review of that. I think it was kind of fun. So I was I'm like, glad that Marco mm, doesn't I- have to watch shitty, shitty films. Then I love you, Marco. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> those are your shittiest films. I wish those were my shittiest films I watched. But I can see why What's- though. I'll tell you mine. Mike, it might be mine too. I. I- Pretty sure we're the same. Pretty sure we might be the same. Mikey, yeah. say it at one, two, three. One, two, three. Hypnotic. Expendables. No. Okay. That is on my list too, by the way. So uh yeah, Hypnotic is hands down the worst film I saw. It was either that or Expendables Four, by the way. I only had two movies on my bad list this year. So I can't pick it. Yeah, no, Mikey actually fell asleep. Like I'm talking dead drop on 20 like minutes in. <laughs> yeah yeah expendables 4 almost made it dude it was very close that was there hypnotic got it because i remember it was one of the mystery movies and i remember watching it and mikey was asleep the whole time so mikey doesn't recall anything of the movie but i mean robert rodriguez is kind of hit or miss for me to tell you the truth like some of his shit is so fucking cheesy and but like the premise of this film seems like it would be kind of cool. Like oh, there's like a magician mm-hmm. and he fucking tells people how to do it. <laughs> that movie, the movie's nothing about that. By the way, it's it's so Jesus. it goes so off course that it's fucking insane. Like I can't believe where they go with it. And by the end, I was just like, can they all die? You know, like <laughs> literally, there was like, well, it, <laughs> it's so bad. Like don't ever watch that movie. And remember, they didn't want us talking about it, Mikey. They had like a thing like, don't don't ruin the ending for everybody. I'm like, I don't give a fuck what the ending is. I mean, it wasn't an NDA or anything like that, but it was. But it was one of those things like, because we saw it uh, two weeks before it came out. They're like, don't ruin it. I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to see this fucking movie. So I don't think we got a problem here. So yeah, hypnotic. So yeah, yours is Expendables 4. Yeah, I mean, a way to bring some people in and then just never use them. I mean, half the cast was barely used. And it was really just a one-man show, and even that wasn't that great. So, it was definitely the worst film of the year for me. Uh, what was your most disappointing film? Uh, I'll start with you, Nabil. Well, my most disappointing film was Fast X. I was expecting Holy more. Holy shit, Nabil. <laughs> yeah, was... What is up with you guys with Fast X? Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be better. Do we know was... they're trash? <laughs> well, fucking Nabil had fucking... Hobbs and Shaw, I guess. Hobbs so obviously Shaw. he's Remember, James. he's raising the forget. bar a little bit. He's like, I don't know, I like the story. <laughs> yeah, Momoa was fun, but that film was just, you know, it was. I don't even know what that was supposed to be. All right, uh, Marco, what was your most disappointing film? The Equalizer Three. I I fell asleep like fucking three oh, really? times in that movie. I did. I did not like the plot of that movie, dude. It felt like it, they it's the same plot they, for the other two movies, isn't it? No, the the other two are more like personal. This one's like he's getting involved with the CIA and they're gonna stop bad guys and blah blah blah. And I was like, shut the fuck up, dude! You you're fighting a guy in the second movie uh, on the rooftop in the middle of a thunderstorm. I want that a personal story. I don't want. I mean, this wasn't other it bullshit. personal in a way because they were after the people that took care of him? I mean, kind of. That's I liked those no, aspects. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't like the whole involvement of the CIA and him tipping them off and this and that. I'm like, dude, don't, don't do but that, honestly, dude. You're, you're not that's that. just a subplot though in that one. But I mean, I, mean, I don't think it's really, really good though. It just ruined it for good, me, yeah. man. 
Yeah, the action is good, but I, it just kind of th- it took me out of the movie. Like the other, like the first one, he's just trying to be like a like a good Samaritan. The second one is like a personal fucking story, and this one is just like, all right, too much. It was just kind of it was not like what I, I wanted, mean, so I was like, yeah, Man. I can see that. Yeah, I thought it was just okay. I truthfully, I don't think any of them are really that good. I've given them all I think, the- three stars. I don't think they're that great of movies. I'm like, they're okay, but I don't go back and watch them all the time. Yeah, I just I like the first two better. Uh, what about you, Mikey? <laughs> What's your most disappointing film? Uh, Silent Night. Oh, I Jesus mean, Christ! Yeah, fuck. I mean, it could almost be I, one I worse. Was down with almost the worse. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. Like the last ten minutes, right? But like, I, I didn't mean, know there was going to be no dialogue, enough. literally no speaking in the whole freaking Did movie. Else, Bill or Mark, you guys see this? John Woo's first American film in twenty four no. years. No. Yeah, you don't need yeah. to. Yeah, you don't need to see it. Yeah, it's uh, okay. if you do watch it, just fast forward to the very end and watch the last fifteen <laughs> minutes. Yeah, and you'll you actually appreciate from the motorcycle it. scene going did. forward. You can watch the yeah. movie basically, right? Yeah, That's yeah. The, the fact that they it's such a gimmick, like ten minutes in, that I was getting like annoyed. I was like, can someone just fucking say yeah. something? Like, yeah, yeah I get it. The weird. guy can talk because his, his throat got shot, but the fucking wife's not talking to him. Like, talk, bitch. Like, he's right there. Your kid just got killed. Fucking say something. Uh, my most disappointing film, I saw it on 420 with Mikey. I just remember because I thought the guy in front of us was going to kill us. Bo was afraid. I love Ari Aster, but this shows him that he needs somebody to double check his work before he fucking submits it ever again because I wanted to fucking kill myself during this movie. So Jeez. sorry, Mark. I was trying to hold off telling you everything, but you didn't catch this bitch. Uh, two hours, and 35 minutes long, I think. Insanely fucking slow. At, at times, oh, maybe maybe because it gave me anxiety a little bit too, like watching it. Like Mikey knows. Nabil, did you see this or no? No, I didn't. Okay. I, when I heard it from you, I just what you told me. It I was is like, just, I'm good. It is so art house in a way that it's like I get it. There's a lot of metaphor to it all. There's there's like it's almost like three movies in one. I'm not gonna lie. There's oh, there's geez. a point in the movie where they make a break off for like 45 minutes into a subplot that just kind of comes back, and I was like, I can't believe they fucking kept that in the movie. Um, yeah, it was kind of all over the place. Yeah, there, and just a lot of like weird shit happened. I mean, and you don't understand what's going like on either. So. About it, there's scenes where I just he's talking to a giant ten foot penis. Like there you go, just think about that. Or he's in a call team of penises. There you go. There's one too. There you go. And then maybe that intrigued you to watch it now. Nibble licked his lips twice. So I mean, I'm assuming he's, he's <laughs> this shit out tonight. So yeah, it's it's bizarre, dude. But it was such a disappointment after Midsummer and fucking uh, hereditary just coming to this i was like what the fuck dude so yeah that's sad. last thing before we lead off here guys or, or two quick things what was your favorite movie moment of 2023 something like a movie going experience moment from film anything about news and uh, i'll start with you what was something that stood out for you this year or last year i guess 2023 uh another thing i mentioned earlier it was the whole barbenheimer thing i actually you know went and did the double feature try to figure You're out the which only one, one i think they film. did that by the way Really? You're crazy. <laughs> I, it was it was a fun time. We had people who were dressed up in our theaters, you know, and both of them. It was crazy. I mean, somebody came in with a weird 50 style hat. It was like, I was like, okay, that's for that's fucking Oppenheimer. Yeah, so you know, the waist waist high, you know, uh, suit pant. It's, it's, you know, people are weird. But uh, no, it was a, it was a really fun time. <laughs> it was like uh, it was me. I just, <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it, was, it was me, guys. A quick or pink. Uh, Pink vest, you know, buttons. Then I wore Obviously, pink the shirt opens into the Barbie. Yeah. Yep. 
But yeah, that whole Barbenheimer experience, it was fun to see. And just, again, genuinely seeing those people excited to see these two films back to back and figuring out, you know, which one to see first and all that. It was that was a fun experience. I recently saw uh, Color Purple. A lot of people were uh, wearing purple, by the way, in the theater. That was really nice. Uh, Marco, what about you? What was your favorite moment? Movie moment in 2023. I kind of have two, but I'll start with this one. Uh, it's watching The Exorcist Believer with James and Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the, by far one of the funniest fun experiences we just talking I think I swear to God, I think just the whole freaking movie. We we ruined somebody's experience, unfortunately. And uh, real quick, another one is going to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mayhem with uh, James and Alexander, my son. Yeah, that was really fun, man. Had a lot of fun doing that one. Um, Good times. Mikey, what about you, bud? What was your favorite moment? So for me, it was seeing Oppenheimer. I have never been in a 70 millimeter film. And oh, nice. seeing nice. You know, that for the first time, as well as a fantastic movie, as we've already talked about uh, you know, multiple Insane, times today. Right? It was just fantastic. Uh, and I, I don't even have words to kind of describe how like different the experience is. And like, Speechless? you know, yeah, it's just like, go see one. If you haven't, if you have a chance to see one like that, just go do it. It's, it was fantastic watching it that way. Which unfortunately right is not available to a lot of people as we found out. There, remember, this um, was like, we, we found out like true 70 millimeter films, not in a lot of places. California, we're pretty lucky. We have quite a few in the area. We have three of them. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was nothing nearby me. The closest place was Chicago, and I wasn't driving four and a half hours. So it was like uh, the closest place is putting a sheet up on dedication, the side of the wall. Put it on my phone. He was just like this seventy millimeter right here, boy. With his fifties look, by the way, he's like, with his corn cob pipe. We have to go to Arizona. That's great. Yeah, that was a great moment. I have a the quick. One of my best movie moments is that this is the year I finally got to see Return of the Jedi in theaters. I saw this with Marco, his son, and his brother. Um, yes. Finally got to see it in theaters. Been wanting to do this for fucking years, so that was fucking awesome. Uh, the only movie now that I have not seen in theaters is A New Hope, technically. So, one day. It will happen. So um, Hopefully. Yeah, they'll do it eventually. Hopefully. But... Uh, one of the other ones was the October Marathon, where I tried to. Well, I did. I watched a physical fucking uh, horror film every single day, and I wanted to fucking kill myself, and I'll never fucking do that again, dude. I swear to God, I feel like I aged three years doing that. It was the hardest thing doing physical. That's why digital would have been yeah. fine because I could have just watched it at work. I could have like you know while working out. I could no. I had to be home to watch all these. You added that extra layer. Yeah, because I was like, I have a lot of horror films. I'll go check them out. And then as soon as the last time, the day that I did it, I was like, I felt like I missed out on like a month's worth. Of, I was like, I haven't watched anything but these fucking movies. <laughs> you were like five days in and already hating it. Yeah, it was I, told you, I was like, well, the thing is, I don't quit doing these. I was like, I really don't like this. I was like, this is not good. I was like, this is a bad moment. It's a bad day. It just was <laughs> shitty. I was like, oh, my God, I would never do this fucking again, dude. And then, truthfully, one of the better ones is I saw Titanic in 4K remaster 3D with Mikey and my girlfriend, right Janelli, and uh, totally lost it during the meeting movie. First time I ever just bawled my fucking eyes out in the theater. Yeah, you could I, see it through the tears. I <laughs> could not control myself. Like, um, once again, just getting old again. <laughs> Dude, I've seen the, the movie feelings. like six times. Like, what the fuck? 
It's, and it's the trauma from the marathon. Bro, no, this was back in February. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the start of it all. Dude, this is like fucking oh, Day weekend, and I remember seeing it, and I just was like, the Celine Dion music hit, and I was like, uh-oh. I, dude, there was like three times during the movie where I was holding off. I was like, oh, fuck, man, it's getting kind of close. I'm like, I'm getting kind of invested in this fucking relationship. And then at that very end, I said, nope. When they start rebuilding the fucking thing, and Jack's waiting on the staircase, I said, nope, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Janelle thought I was fucking joking, dude. She was like, Are you messing around? I was like, No. <laughs> and I couldn't leave. Like, even during the credits, I had to sit there. And even Mikey's like, Just let it out, man. <laughs> just could I just, I couldn't, dude. It was like one of those sobs where, like, you, cr- you start crying and, like, you, you can't talk. <laughs> it was fuck. Bad. But it was, it you was, said, oh minute, like 12 times. It was, it was, it was great, dude. I was just, I tried to like talking during the credits to kind of, you know, because I'm an asshole and I was like trying to joke, but then I start crying again. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. Christ. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta get out of this goddamn theater. So yeah, that was one of the ones. All right, guys. So, uh, 2023, awesome year. What's your most anticipated film of 2024? Mikey, go for it. Uh, so I'm gonna kind of cheat and do two, but, uh, Dune okay. two just is, one, okay. I mean, Dune Dune One was fantastic. Yeah, I have seen the trailer for Dune Two. I I do. I was so mad did at myself. Like you did not see Dune One in theaters. Yeah. What? So, really? Exactly. I said That's the same crazy. thing. I said por qué? <laughs> yeah, and then the other one's Furiosa. If it's anything like the the previous one, or like I don't know, I guess yeah, it's, it's gonna be the, solid. You know, yeah, it's gonna be super good. So I, I'm I'm super pumped for both of those. Yeah, they actually said you can't see it unless you show your ticket stub for Thousand Years of Longing. Because um, well, I've know, seen that. We supported George Miller, so fuck everybody else that didn't go and see that fucking movie. <laughs> uh, what about you? Know? What's your most uh, anticipated film of 2024? Minus Furiosa as well. You know, I love the I Mad see. Max Fury Road, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing this again. George Miller doesn't miss outside of Thousand Years of Longing. Marco, what about you? <laughs> Dune Part Two, and also Furiosa. Okay, all right. You just fucking just two of them. It's <laughs> cool. I like that. Um, I'm gonna be the dark horse here, guys. Uh, Gladiator Two. Huh. Fucking crazy, right? Interesting. I no, really like. Good. good. I really like really Scott's like latest stuff that he's been coming out with. So, and Paul Mescal, as we know from last year's Oscars, is a really good fucking actor. So. And he's looking jacked. I don't know, boys. <laughs> I don't. I, I feel like it's gonna be fucking great. So we'll see. Or it's gonna be dog shit, and I'm like, fuck. I mean, Denzel's in it too, man. Come on, man. Shit. So that's the end of our ranking. There, we are jumping in real quick before our outro. Our newest segment is gonna be very close. I don't know if we actually described it last time, but very much like how we talked about movies that scared us as kids. This new segment, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. We'll have an official one next time. It's probably going to be convoluted and long, but this is a comedy. I guess we might say, guys, we're going to recommend a comedy to each other to all watch. We're going to review it in the following week, obviously. But it is more or less kind of either a forgotten comedy or a comedy that not as well known. So, for instance, we're not going to be saying like Dumb and Dumber, right? That's insane. Oh, really? Oh, oh really? Nabil's yeah. looking at me now, like, uh, give me five. <laughs> give me five. <laughs> so Nabil is the first one to do this. It's going to be followed by Marco, me, then Mikey will end it out. So Nabil, let us know what comedy or what relatively unknown comedy. Let's say that, right, guys? Or one that not a lot of people talk about it anymore. That it doesn't have to. Once again, we don't want something too newish, but it could be from your childhood. It could be from your teenage years, 20s, whatever. We don't care. What is the movie that you are going to have us watch? 
So to start this off uh, on our, our new film journey here, I've decided to choose the 1992 film Stay Tuned with John Ritter. Sorry, Marco, you're going to need to wake up. What? <laughs> Whoa. I, okay, I've actually never seen that. So, Oh, it's going to be good. I can't wait for him to see it, yeah. actually. It's a good movie. Actually, it's have you seen this, Marco? School. I love it. I, I don't think I've seen this. No. It is on Prime. Yeah, you can watch it on Prime. I've never even heard of this movie, so that's cool. I'm shocked Marco's never seen it. Or he'll watch 10 minutes and be like, I remember. I was a background extra in this movie, too. <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> Me and Bugs Bunny were out there smoking cigarettes on a lot together. He's a real person, just let you know. Whoopsies. Whoopsies. I'm not supposed to reveal that. Warner Brothers might come from a neck. All right, cool. So we will be watching Stay Tuned. Thank you, Nabil. All right, so that is the end of the podcast. Uh, I hope you lasted this long because this looks like it's going to be an absolute fucking nightmare to edit. So I just want to thank everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for going through our top 10 list. We will be posting just like we do every year, every day after I edit Mm -hmm. and upload this episode. I will be posting our top 10s as individual posts. So you can comment on those as well. Compare and contrast. Let us know what your top 10 is as well. Uh, Marco, let them know other ways that they can reach us too. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to all our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash moviepalspod. Thank you and make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode this year or the next. And make sure to also stay tuned for our next episode, episode number 166, where we will be reviewing the newly remastered in 4K, The Raid Redemption. And of course, the uh, newly announced 1992 comedy. Stay tuned. Thank you, Nabil. Until next time, this is James, Marco, Nabil, and Mikey. Have a great one.